you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card member, you'll know a thing or two about an expertly packed capsule wardrobe that balances business and leisure. So you can go from conference sleek to cocktail party chic with a few new accessories. You can hustle from 9 to 5 before exploring with ease from 5 to 9. Because you're the chief excursion officer. The Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.amex slash you know business. When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. Welcome to the friend zone. Every time I'm in the zone. My name is Dustin. I'm Francesca, also known as Hey Friend Hey. My name is Asante. This is the friend zone. I ain't know about no LGBTQ. For all I know, it means let God be true quickly. That means I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hateful, uh, fat named Kimbrell. That's what Obashata means in Bible language. But anyway. <laughs> I just want to welcome everybody to Pride Month. It's Pride Month. <laughs> it's June. No. It's, I, 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 felt like, yep. I felt like that was the perfect way. A perfect reminder. Because it is Pride. It is a time to to be um to honor our past, you know, our history. Give it up one time for a real bitch like Marsha P. Johnson, who started this shit. You know what I'm saying? And in the mean, in the spirit of that. You know, kick ass if necessary. This is the month where you don't take no shit about being gay. You shouldn't do it on no calendar month of the year. But if it was ever time to lay a motherfucker down in the name, you know what I'm saying, of the gay ancestors who you know would have told you to keep hitting it until somebody pull you off of the other person, <laughs> just take that attitude this month. You know what I'm saying? Because we ain't having it this month. All these businesses, they don't want no smoke. You see, they got rainbow everything. They even got a motherfucking whopper. With two top buns and two bottom buns Yo. for pride. Dustin, Austria, yeah, Austria going crazy. Dustin, what are you I talking about? I seen that shit. I said Burger King and turn into Burger Queen. This must be okay. <laughs> okay, but no, you know what I'm saying. It's pride. Oh it's time to have fun. You celebrate it how you want to, because it means something different to everybody. That it means something too, if it means yeah. anything at all to you. Because it's damn it, it's okay if it does not. But right. for those that it does. Bars sleep with your fist barred up this month, okay? That's a, this <laughs> a, a month of strength, okay? And pride, goddammit, which means fighting. No, I'm just playing. That's not what it means. Well, but it just means being prideful. That's all. <laughs> Watch your back at these marches, these parades, these festivals. You know, niggas are crazy in these streets. It's a lot of crazy ass people doing crazy ass yes. things when it comes to large group Listen settings like me. that. So yes. keep your eyes open. There are people who don't want you to assemble. For the sake of what you're assembling for in the first damn place. So go to Pride, go to all the events, get drunk, have a great time, get wild with your friends, but keep your eyes open in the name of safety as you have a good time and celebrate Pride this month because it just might be a chupacabra face bitch like Kim Burrell 
on the sidelines <laughs> trying to, you know, lay you down. With that being said, I want to welcome everybody, and I mean everybody this month, okay, to the friend zone. Where did you your pull Chupacabra from? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can you continue? <laughs> your weekly look into all things mental hell in her case, but your weekly look in all things mental <laughs> wealth, mental hellness, and mental Chupacabras. Because <laughs> mental who in the hell wants a f- I got it. Turn the wigs around, looking ass gospel. <laughs> nobody, okay. I mean, nobody. Anyway, with that being said, welcome. Hey, friend. Hey, Asante. How y'all doing? How are y'all doing? How are your weekends? Doing. I know all right. y'all had a fun weekend. Asante, you had fun. I did. I had a great weekend disassociating. It was amazing. Uh, oh, and for for the times I didn't disassociate, shout out to all of the listeners that were at the Roots picnic. Um, Shout out to Horrible Decisions. I got to open for them. And shout out to uh, Around the Way Curls, who actually uh, graced the stage early on at the Roots Picnic podcast stage, which was super, super dope seeing everybody out there for those. Um, the friends on listeners. Jay with them? Yes, was Jade Jay opened for them. them. Yeah. Jade of all Jades, of course, opened and sat with them. Oh, I, that's so cute. <laughs> I was crying because it was like a stage of a, they were all having like a light skin fest and I just like kept contributing. Like they had a Q&A <laughs> segment. I was like, what's it like having like uh, white moms? And then Jay's like, my mama not white. So <laughs> like, <laughs> it was just, it was just really fun. It was a good time. Uh, great fun in the sun. Uh, a lot of listeners at the Horrible Show as well. Some of y'all mm-hmm. got up Aww. on stage. And harass hey, me Mandy, afterwards hey, with y'all props. Yeah, shout out to Mandy and Weezy. Shout out to Antoinette and Shanti. Yes. Um, it was, uh, and shout out to Jada Vol Jades again, of course. It was a of great course. weekend Respect seeing everybody. Our listeners, our listeners were on stage sucking cucumbers. One of our listeners, and I'm not going <laughs> to expose anybody's anything because I actually enjoyed. <laughs> I was like, we was looking at this listener first, and we was like, oh, her outfit is cute. And then she got up on stage and went to town. And afterwards, you know, she was like, can I get a picture and help the prop? And I was like, well, I just don't. You mean not with? <laughs> You know, it was a good time. And shout out to the listeners who we used to come and see us on the road all the time. Uh, I got to see Amber, who I, we always used to see each other. Amber. So shout out to Thank her. Amber. Shout out to Carmen. Shout She's been to some Amber. shows, too. Like, it was really dope. I guess we know where in the world she was that night. <laughs> okay. It was really dope. And, and oh, my God, friend. I was being a good friend. So I could mm-hmm. not leave Antoinette. <laughs> I could not leave uh, Around the Way Girl stage set. But... I could see clearly across the lawn as Alex Isley was performing. <gasps> and I was just like... Asante, don't do this to me. And I mean... Because I have to wait till August to see Alex Isley because that's the only stop I saw. I think it's the SF stop mm-hmm. that I'm going to go to because she's not stopping here. Oh! Uh! Alex Isley was, was there. She sounded so good. I, it was like a siren clear across the dam. But first uh, of all, that park is set up crazy. Like it's it's deep and wide and high and and over. Like it was so many places to be. Um, Alex Isley was up there killing it. Masego, um, Jasmine I saw Sullivan. Masego and I think it was either you, your stories, or Latasha. One it might have been Latasha's because I just sat there. Hey, and Latasha. Yeah. <laughs> I was just hey, Latasha. I mean, just Shout Latasha. out to Latasha. Okay. okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or Bridget. It might have been Bridget. Oh, yeah. It might have been Bridget, too. Bridget had some cheeks out. That was cute. Um, hey, BK. Yeah, yeah. It was a great time. It was a great weekend. And then I got to go out. I First of all, we stayed right in the center of the the uh, uh, the neighborhood. Well, I, I didn't know that that's where it was going to be. So it was really ratchet, almost Atlanta reminiscent pride things mm. happening. 
We love it. Uh, love it and hate it. <laughs> so, but it was great. It's great to see some of the antics still happening to this day in different places. Shout out to the uh, the young gays doing it. Aww. But yeah, actually, y'all know I don't pop out much. Obviously, in Portland, I, I mean, it's not really like a pop out scene. But <laughs> mm-hmm. I did go. <laughs> I went to to meet up with a friend at a tea house that there's like oh. a, a garden that has a tea house. It's just so cute, and I okay. met a listener. What are the odds? Yes. Uh oh. <laughs> so shout out to you. She is funny because I think she heard my voice first mm-hmm. and turned around. She was like, "Friend," and then I turned around. She's like, "No." <laughs> it was super cute. We hugged and took pictures, and and that was, I think, I think that's like my first experience bumping into someone, you know, out mm-hmm. here well, and shout like out, seeing people. Shout out to the listeners with good taste since you bumped into her at the QT okay. house, <laughs> right? I was like, this is, of course, you would bump into me at a damn garden tea house. I mean, it was a little too on the nose, but it was super cute. <laughs> so nice meeting you, and obviously, I'm looking forward to those I'm gonna bump into throughout the summer too. Now that I can like you know, go out more since the house is like settled and we're not going to be working too, too crazy this summer. So shout out to y'all. What about you, Dustin? I know you have fun. Shout out to um, my homeboys who throw this event called Boozy Bounce. Um, Mm. I've actually been to their parties out in LA, here in New York, several different places. Really, really cool group of guys, um, young entrepreneurs and um, like actually marketing professionals that do this as well. Um, but they had a great party on a boat here in New York City. They had a boat party. Cute. I love <laughs> went, yeah. in New York. We went and cruised, had a great time. Um, I ended up having a little impromptu, very small, intimate, you know, house gathering um, after that. <laughs> and then on Sunday, um, shout out to, so first of all, shout out to Alex Rago, my manager that we've worked with on our touring um, ventures, Ambitious Minds. Uh, she's having a baby. So her baby shower. Aww. Was uh, yeah, her baby shower was this weekend, so we got a chance to celebrate that beautiful baby. Um, and shout out to Chris Morrow, Loudspeakers Network. We saw him there. Also, I went to Everyday People on Sunday, um, which was an incredible time. I'm so glad that I went because I actually ran into several people who listened to the show in the absence of us touring because we in the height of the uh pussy pocket we'll call it now the pandemic you know we haven't been able to tour haven't been able to connect and engage with the listeners and our audience in that way which is a really really important part of this job for me um so i I always look forward to and encourage people to say hello if we see each other out in public and so so many people show so much love to you both Uh, and asante and our show overall this weekend so that was really really great um yeah and a bunch of other shit too some listener love which is super sweet um we have a black business dustin you have one for us this week right i sure do let me get it to you right now as well because what you're gonna do is know about it (laughs) now um uh, oops it was getting a little loud there because it was the app that i'm gonna tell you about so mikey anderson who is a very popular fitness trainer in la he also happens to be one of my brother's best friends from high school. So Mike was around my entire life um, and someone who's like family to me. Uh, I've trained with him before while I was out in LA. We've done great workouts, had a good time, but now he has a fitness app that is coming out and it's launching on June 16th. So it's comprehensive, um, expert expert fitness expert level training on a mobile app that you can use as you wish, um, as you can go. 
he has many, many more details about it than I do. So you can go to his Instagram account, which is Mike Anderson Fit, just like it sounds. M-I-K-E Anderson, A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N Fit, F-I-T. He'll have more details about the launch dates, more details about the app itself, the capabilities, what you can do. And he's got a couple of really cool little uh, reels and, and content devoted to informing you about the app. But it, in lieu of everybody wanting to, you know, congregate in gyms right now, some of us are going, some of us are still uncomfortable with that. It's great to have another option for in-home fitness or wherever you can get it in and do a little uh, one-two and buckle your damn shoe. So holler <laughs> at Mike Anderson Fit on Instagram. He has the details for his fitness app, um, and it's coming out soon. It's always better to be early, never late. So get in while the getting is good. You know, things are cheaper in the beginning. Once a bunch of motherfuckers start liking it, you know, it goes up as it should. So get mm-hmm. in now, okay, while it's new. And I'm giving you the Dope. heads up. Don't say I never gave you nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dustin. Last week's episode titled The Grief Episode featuring our sister, Dr. Taikia Robinson. That's right. Um, we, <laughs> we discussed our relationship to grief. Society not being society, excuse mm-hmm. me, not being designed to hold space for us as we grieve, and also how we show up for ourselves and others during those harder times. It was a great conversation. It really was a you lot did that, of you. Friend. Yeah, thank you. We did that because everyone's contributions was you know just super super authentic and on point. And to be honest, considering the the amount of messages that we received about this particular episode, it inspired me to create a, th- I'm going to turn it into a three part series. And so those of you listening, obviously you don't have to be bombarded with <laughs> grief episodes, but what I do want to do is have it archived, you know, like, so we have it. So if you ever mm-hmm. need to refer to it, if you are going through a harder time, you'll have that, you know? And I wanted to do a three-part series because I think the conversation with Kia was very friend zone. You know, it was like us, very um, similar to how a lot of you might sit with your friends in the living room or, you know, in your bedroom or wherever and have those conversations just about life. Um, I know a lot of people don't have those friendships either or community, so I'm glad that we could kind of like hold space for you whether it's through audio or media, just in general. But I do want to also tap into not just Dr. Joy's clinical perspective, but I think it would be dope to also have Miriam Hosnea pop up too mm-hmm. for a spiritual uh, conversation around grief as well. So that way we're kind of like hitting all the cylinders. Cover the like bases. You, Cover yeah, the you bases. and your friends, uh, the clinical perspective, and then the spiritual perspective. Mm-hmm. And that is going to appeal to different people's ways of coping and healing and maybe maybe even encourage you to try something new so that's some yeah that's something that I feel called to very strongly right now especially reading everyone's uh connection Mm -hmm. yeah to last week's episode and knowing that like a lot of us are in need right now so if it's not Mm. for you I completely understand regardless the episodes will be there when and if you need them. And to me, that's what the friend zone is all about. So with that being said, <laughs> let me pop into the comments. In other words, um, we doing it any damn way. So right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy or not. <laughs> so uh, in our gated community, Brandy Wheaton said, I wanted to avoid this episode but I'm so happy I didn't. I'm learning how to deal with my grief, but it hasn't been the easiest. I lost my father in February, and now my mother is currently in the ICU. 
My life has shifted and changed so drastically in such a short amount of time that I don't even think I had the time to just sit with my thoughts and actually come to terms with everything that is going on around Mm. me. I feel so unprepared. And even worse, I feel so alone because I too have the horrible habit of not wanting to bother my friends or family with my trauma. I also feel the need to constantly put on a brave face for the sake of my three siblings who unfortunately appointed me the decision maker when it comes to my parents' affairs. While everyone is looking at me to be the strong one and the one with all the answers, I just want to lay in bed and cry, cry a river. Most nights I do. Uh, Everything in this episode resonated so much with me. It was everything I needed in this particular moment of my life. I appreciate the vulnerability from the four of you, and I thank you. Thank you, Brandy. We in sending you so much peace and healing. And, you know, hopefully that we even through these grief episodes can provide some tools that'll help you navigate those heavier waters. What about you, Asante? Would you find um, in the gated community as well? A couple paces above that. Jahara says, I appreciate y'all being so vulnerable. This episode was really helpful and I resonated with a lot that you all, <clears throat> excuse me, that all of you shared. I saw a quote about a year ago that I never forgot after experiencing grief. Grief is love with nowhere to go. And that quote brought a lot of things together for me. Grief Mm -hmm. is caused by the love you had for someone that passed, which helped me to think about grief in a more positive light. I uh, just wanted to share that just because I like to look for like a positive spin. And although that doesn't make me feel like better, it does give me some sort of perspective to kind of at least, uh, you know, grasp for some hope, you know. So hopefully that helps Mm -hmm. you all as well. Listening. Thank you, Jahara, for sharing that. Uh, What did you find out there, Dustin? Well, you know where I was at. Twitter. So this one actually is hot off the presses. This came 17 minutes ago. And when I opened Not the app, I saw minutes. it. To, I opened the app to pull up my faves for this segment. And when I saw this, I was like, you know what? You're on the list. So <laughs> shout out to Coco Shea Butter. Um, their account is at Thundersky with two Y's, T-H-U-N-D-A underscore S-K-Y-Y, who says somehow I read this and look at Dustin's voice. The uh, And it's accompanied by a meme that says IDK, so I don't know if I'm tripping, but it feels like I'm paying those stimulus checks back in gas. <laughs> wow. wow. You know what? Because <laughs> like Ubi now said, nothing's that. free. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, now for the other tweets that I do want to highlight, I'm going to get to them when I go to my likes. All right, here we go. This one was funny at the Dervster. T-H-A-D-E-R-V-S-T-E-R said someone found a female dog with puppies and did a DNA test to figure out if the male dog that was close by her is the father and that the results were in. They literally did a voiceover using Maury sounds while they DNA tested these random dogs that they found to see if the puppies that she had were here. I I mean, they added footage from the audience and everything. Like, and then when he said he's a father, he tried it's to run off and they took the dog and like made it run. It was so funny. Oh, so that's funny. The last tweet that I want to <laughs> highlight came from Ryan Ryan at that boy, what? T-H-A-T-B-O-I-W-A-T, um, who quoted a tweet from Josh uh, B. Chill 5, who said the first sex robots are about to hit the market and accompanied that with a video of this um, guy uh, at Realbotics explaining how this new sex robot that they created that you you know operate using ai or whatever yeah how it will work so ryan ryan quoted the tweet and said i'm a jailbreak it and have the bitch flying pork chops (laughs) (laughs) oh 
<laughs> I like that. What is wrong with us? I like that. <laughs> Dustin is proud. <laughs> I like that. That was a good I'm one. I'm going to jailbreak it and have the bitch frying pork chops. <laughs> <laughs> That's Twitter all I got. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this week's episode is a Dustin Ross production. We're going in cold. We have no idea what he's about to pull up for us. What we get into this week, Dustin? Okay, so this week, um, it's no surprise that there's been a huge conversation going on in the media surrounding one of my favorite people in the arts. Okay, in general, and a fave to a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. Monique. Uh oh. Okay. I was wondering no. if that's where you were going. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue. Yes. So Chupacabra. we all know that we we know Monique. We met Monique years ago um, through her dynamic and and unforgettable stand up comedy performances going all the way back to shows like Comic View and, you know, different shows from way back in the day. Monique's been a, a fixture in black homes and homes of people all over the world of all different kinds for many, many years. She starred in multiple films like Three Strikes, Baby Boy, Two Can Play That Game, which we all remember her performance in that. Um, Soul Plane even did a dramatic turn in Shadow Boxer, which was a Lee Daniels film, one of the first times that we saw her acting in a dramatic capacity. Um, and something that made us really hopeful for even more than we knew to expect from Monique, something that really showed her gifts, you know? And then, of course, she had success on television, you know, with shows like Moesha, which her spinoff, you know, was born from her three-episode turn on that. She had her own spinoff mm. for multiple years called The Parkers, okay? Long running, which is still in syndication currently. Dang, um, mama! She was on The Proud <laughs> Family, and she was even on a little show called The Hewleys. Okay, mm. she even did a guest spot on the show called The Hewley. So Monique is somebody that means a lot to a lot of people. Um, and we do know that in 2006, she married Sydney Hicks. Okay, they have two children together. And after they were married, Sydney appeared. He just appeared in front of our eyes and he played a prominent role in the business of Monique. As a manager, as a talking head, as a producer attached to projects that she was involved in post their marriage, Sydney's influence was heavy. Um, uh, we talked a little bit about what Monique did prior to her marriage and why she meant so much to us. After marrying Sydney Hicks and him assuming such a large role in her life and her business, she, so the past 13 years, you know, she started in. Uh, one major motion picture and two independent films, one of which was Precious, that she ended up winning every award you can fucking win in entertainment for, including the Big Dog, the Academy Award. Um, but we do know that, you know, with Sydney's influence in her life, we began to see a different um, outcome in Monique's attempted business ventures and prospects. Uh, she really literally stopped working after Precious and her successful run during that awards season. We didn't see her anymore. Um, and later on, we were informed by Monique and Sydney because now when we see Monique, we, when you see her, you see him. When you see him, you see him. You don't see, you always see Sydney and he always talks. He wears a little right. fedora hat that is either for children or a ventriloquist dummy. 
Uh, oh but he wears a little gosh. fedora hat turned up every time you see him. It looks like Lisa Renner's haircut. But uh, he wears that hat all the time. And then he said he talks. If you've heard T.I. explain anything, then you will be familiar with the tone and vein that uh, um, Sidney Hicks speaks of. Speaks I in, I should say. A nigga mm-hmm. that don't know nothing but thinks he knows everything. Just before we get started with the timeline of events that took place recently that has caused a firestorm online, let's d- take a little look into Sidney Hicks' background and what makes him qualified or what makes him less than qualified to take on a managerial producer um, um, authoritative capacity in Monique's business, right? So when you look up Sidney Hicks, when you Google him, well, most of his bios say that he's a producer and actor known for the following items. The Reading, which was a 2022 film that we haven't seen yet. Blackbird, which is one of the independent films that Monique acted in. She's also uh, involved in The Reading. Um, Monique and Friends, live from Atlanta in 2020. And that's it. Okay? That's his background um, that has, you know, I guess made Monique feel comfortable enough to put him in front of her as her spokesperson, as a decision maker, as a gatekeeper to the business of Monique. And it hasn't been good business since he's been involved, to say the least. Mm. Everything we've seen, if you look at a timeline, because the, the, the what makes this conversation so important is that these are factual occurrences in time that can reflect a pattern to, to tell a bigger story. We just ran down the, a, a brief synopsis of many of the successful projects that Monique had been involved in prior to doing business with Sydney. After marrying Sydney and doing business with him, everything has fallen off, okay? And she's only been in the headlines and being talked about connected to controversy regarding personal grievances that she has related to doing business or not doing business in the industry. The most recent of which happened over the past two weeks. Let's get involved in that. And then I want to know you guys thoughts, because I'm sure you haven't avoided this conversation on online, but let's substantiate it with the facts and the things that have taken place so that we can have an informed opinion as opposed to doing something that is um, based off of emotion, based off of our love or our dislike for Monique. And reaction. And reaction. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about what really took place. So uh, on Saturday, May 28th at Detroit's iconic, and I mean iconic Fox Theater, which if you're from Detroit, you know about the Fox. Even if you ain't from anywhere in the Midwest, you know about the Fox. It's where all the nice shit is. It's a beautiful, lead like, um, it's. It may even be a historical landmark. I'm not sure on that, but it, it's that old and that classic and that beloved in the city. All the headlining shows come through the Fox. If it's not an arena tour, then it's going to be at the Fox Theater in Detroit. Um, and you mm. get dressed for shit that you go to at the Fox. You're going to see furs, furs in the wintertime. You're going to see looks <laughs> in the summer. Like that's that's the vibe for the Fox. It's downtown. Um, mm. It's legendary. So that's where the show was, right? So Monique ended up in the headlines for a section of, and I'm going to, I'm going to word it this way because I want to be fair to the facts, not necessarily fair to Monique, not necessarily fair to D.L. Hughley, but fair when it's necessary to the facts. So this is what I'm going to call what she did on stage, which we're going to talk a little bit more about, but I'm sure you've seen the clips of. So yeah. Monique made headlines She's for running. a section. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
which as soon as I saw that, I said, I know there's a God because I'm using that name. Monique taking off running like that. I use it actually being my friend. Shout out to my boy, Frank Watson. We all went to uh, a party last weekend, this weekend. And I told them I was going to be late. They were like, what time are we supposed to be there? (laughs) They was like, Frank was like seven o'clock. And I was like, 7.30 and then sent that gift for Monique running. (laughs) Take it off running. (laughs) Okay. <clears throat> anyway, back to my note. I've been I've been using Monique running and the video, the clip of the game doing that dance where he's like, yeah. oh <laughs> one more chance challenge, <laughs> which is one of the funniest TikToks to see people do. By I the mean, the funniest. <laughs> and the fact that he did it was hilarious. Like it TikTok is because he was trying to be so masculine. <laughs> <laughs> he was like. <laughs> Snort. Okay. okay. <laughs> Speaking of snorting, uh, so so Monique devo- devoted a section of her stand-up show on the twenty eighth in Detroit to sharing her feelings on fellow comedian DL Hughley. Right, that's what I'll call what she did. Okay, and this made headlines based on what she said. Here's a quote. Okay, she began by saying, "Quote, let me break it down for you, Detroit." Because I would feel like less than a woman if I didn't tell you what the fuck was going on here on this stage right now. So if my energy is a little different, it's because they got me fucked up. Now, let's stop there. When you're on stage, you're speaking to an audience. um, Saying words like that, using language like that, and punctuating your sentences in that way, you're building up the anticipation for what you're going to say next to to try to get a reaction from the crowd and to lift the energy in a certain way and take their energy somewhere. You can use things for dramatic emphasis. So that's why she was speaking that way. She was in full on, I'm on stage talking my shit mode, but this was an intentional dialogue on her behalf. More on that in a second. She said, the contract said that a bitch is the headliner. The (laughs) headliner. Monique is the headliner. That's what the fuck I signed up for. I'm 30 years in this business and I don't open for nobody. The contract said headliner, but a bitch nigga named DL Hughley said I won't perform if she headlines. Nigga, you open for the kings of comedy. I close for the queens of comedy. You think because I don't have a dick, it ain't my position? Know that when I leave this motherfucker, know that the headliner has left. I don't fuck with anybody, but when you cross the line, you cross the motherfucking line. And that bitch nigga has crossed the motherfucking line. We have a history. See, that nigga went on a tour saying all that Monique wasn't. Break. What she was referring to was D.L. Hughley having a radio show that he offers commentary on hot topics and trending news items for daily. It's a morning radio show that he says his piece on. And naturally, during Monique's recent... um, tete-a-tete we'll call it with netflix and you know her feeling that she wasn't going to be paid fairly that they offered they lowballed her basically when she was um in talks with them to do a stand-up comedy special she felt like what she was offered in comparison to her industry peers who were working with netflix was too low and so she went public and asked everyone to boycott netflix and stand with her because she loved us for real and a lot of people laughed at it, at it or whatever, but it caused a bigger conversation about pay disparities um, and about Monique in general being blackballed from the industry. And it just sort of got this ball of conversation rolling. 
everybody was talking about it and people were sharing some pretty strong opinions on it. Dio Hughley shared his, um, and I don't think that it was a favorable opinion of Monique's choices in that moment, but I do know that it was not disrespectful, okay, or inappropriate. It was just not in agreement with Monique. So that's what she was talking about when she said that he went on tour saying all that Monique wasn't. Back to her quote. She said, you can Google it now. His name is DL. What y'all think that stands for? How far oh, are you bending over? Stop. Stop. Happy Pride. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that was how Monique shared her thoughts on the fact that she was upset about the lineup, okay, of the night, not reflecting what she said that the terms of her contract were. And that she had agreed upon to participate in that show. Um, we've worked in a live event space together before, and we know what it's like doing business as a touring act. If this was to happen to us, which I can recall a situation where we were a part of a live event that involved multiple people who worked in podcasting, and there was a lineup. You know, there was a lineup <laughs> and everybody had their own stuff. So just mm-hmm. based on what you know and your experience in the industry, how do you guys feel? Just we're going to pause the story here and then we're going to get into the response from D.L. Hughley and what has taken place thereafter that has, has really been definitive um, in a lot of people determining their opinions on this and reshaping their opinions on both Monique and D.L. Hughley. But more on that later, just for right now. How do you guys feel about the way Monique responded to her experience at the show now reflecting what her contract terms were? Asante? Well, from what you were saying, uh, why did she come after... Well, from what has happened, right? Uh, why did she come after DL? Like, who told her or that... Before DL, right? Like, who, who told her that he said that? Because for her to say in the act, like... You know, uh, he said he wasn't going to perform if I didn't, if he couldn't headline or da, da, da. like, why, who told her that? And A, well, really, why is this on stage? That's really my big thing. But why didn't, why wasn't this handled before she walked out on stage if it was like really a thing? Like, that that's where I just kept stopping. Like, I couldn't even make it to why she well, was on the stage Well, here's the thing there. though, right? Because I want to make sure we keep the facts tight with this because mm-hmm. this is such a sensitive subject for so many people and people have really passionate um, opinions when it comes to Monique and just her experience and what's happened to her in the industry. I want to make sure we stay on point with the facts. And DL actually never said that he was not going to perform if he was not the head. Right. That's something like who told Monique her that? Monique actually or... said that. And she never Someone said that DL. Right. She never said that, that DL said he was, I want to clear that part up. Okay. She never said that someone told her that and he actually never told her that. What happened was they both were given contracts that said they were headlining. Right. And, but when Monique was given the run of show, okay, for who, how the, the order that the comedians were performing in and what was posted at the venue, she was not in the position of headliner. Her and D.L. Hughley never spoke on it and no one ever told her anything that he said regarding the lineup or the run of show. She, she well, that shared makes her the reaction, feelings. That makes the reaction even more confusing for me because... Mm-hmm. That sounds like the promoters or whoever put this together lied 
or tried to finesse or whatever happened. Clearly, the miscommunication and the breakdown was from higher up. Right. And so her taking the opportunity to use the time that like her fans came to see her and her craft and her talent and using that spotlight to just talk down on someone else that clearly had nothing to do with this in the first place. I've that feels misplaced, like mm-hmm. misplaced anger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also wonder how that's helpful. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like we've seen Monique do this before and I don't know how it helped in any way. And maybe it's just I um, could be projecting because I want to work behind the scenes. Like if there's issues, like get me in the, you know, on the phone, in the offices. I'm not going to do stuff like out. I don't know. That could be just a personal preference, though. Because well, I never see how it helps. I think it it hurt her career more than it didn't. Hey, HBCU fam. Get ready to turn up the energy. McDonald's and the Thurgood Marshall College Fund have $1 million in scholarships at 53 HBCUs for 66 brilliant students. This year, you could be one of them. But time is running out. Did we mention the $1 million in scholarships? Apply by March 27th at tmcf.org. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Well, for 13 years, she's been blackballed in the industry. She hasn't worked. She hasn't really worked. And so now... One thing I will say, though, because I definitely, like I said, this is a fair conversation. This is not bias, right? Either way, mm-hmm. you're just sharing facts. And what I do know is that recently uh, in the news, 50 Cent um, had posted like a meme of Monique, a picture of Monique and saying that, you know, like it was time to get her wave. back to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After, mm-hmm. Um, shout out to T.S. Madison. T.S. Madison interviewed Monique on, on T.S. Madison's talk show, turned out with T.S. Madison on Fox Soul. During Mm -hmm. that interview, Monique shared her story once again uh, related to Lee Daniels, Oprah Winfrey and Tyler Perry's um, request of her to go travel and promote Precious after it was such a success and being nominated for so many awards. They asked her, would she go do promo for the film? She stated that she had fulfilled her contract terms and she was unwilling to go do any other promo for the film um, if they weren't going to pay her. And they right, offered to like make it comfortable that. for her. Me right. too. I, I got that. You know, right. I, I, yeah. I feel the same way. But that is where all this started from. Um, right. And then after that, you know, we've been where we are with this. So 50 Cent then said, hey, it's not fair. You know, after Lee Daniels saw that interview that um, T.S. Madison did with Monique, him and Monique ended up, or and after T.S. Madison interviewed Lee Daniels, Lee Daniels and Monique ended up talking. Lee Daniels came out on stage at one of her recent comedy shows because Monique has still been doing successfully touring as a, you know, a comedy act back to what she knows best and what not what she knows best. One thing that she's excellent at. Okay. Mm -hmm. She's going back to doing that successfully. Lee Daniels came out on the stage and offered a public apology and mended their friendship and is now working with her. She took Mm -hmm. over Octavia Spencer has, has some personal things going on. Speaking of grief. 
um, with the loss of a family member. She's not going to mm. participate in a film that he's working on now. And Monique has assumed the role. So this is a great opportunity for her to get back in mainstream light as an actor and, you know, move forward as an Academy Award winning actor. So this is great, right? But that just happened recently. So if anything has been, I don't think necessarily there was any help you know, accomplished by her behavior, but at least through her consistency with this story, okay? And every time, because her story never changed regarding that whole precious experience. And through her consistently telling the story over and over again, people like T.S. Madison and 50 Cent have encouraged other people to find resolution with her regarding that. So that's something positive, right? But if she hasn't been working and no one has been encouraged to work with her, based on these very public feuds with people like Steve Harvey, people like Whoopi Goldberg, people like Oprah, people like Tyler Perry, people like Lee Daniels, people like Netflix, and now people like Charlemagne, yeah. and now D.L. Hughley, okay? Yeah. <clears throat> so I also want the record to reflect that because there's so many lives, live um, Instagram lives that have gone on post this situation taking place by Monique and her husband, Sydney, that there's been nuggets of information that have contributed to why this has happened that they've shared. And I want to share some of those with you now. Further to your point, friend, and you too, Asante, where you're saying that her choice to do this on stage was confusing and must have been motivated by something else. You're actually correct. Because I get, you know, after all this has taken place, Monique and Sydney went live several times trying to shape the character of the narrative and, 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 and offer up reasons why her reaction was so um, bold to this scheduling issue with the concert lineup. Monique said that it was reflective of the character of, of the person when it came to Dale Hughley, because years ago she did an interview with him that was never aired. The, well, where sections of the interview were never aired. And one of the sections that was never aired was a question from one of um, his castmates where they asked Monique uh, if she would rather her husband cheat with Lee Daniels without a condom or, or Lee Daniels with a condom or Corinne Steffens, a.k.a. Superhead, without a condom. And Monique Excuse felt me? like that. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, just to offer context, you know those shows, these radio shows full of comedians where they ask shocking questions like right. that and say things to try to, yeah. you know, get a, a reaction or a soundbite. Yeah, one of well, those. Monique was obviously offended by that question because people have said that Sid, you know, her husband Sydney appears soft or whatever. Now, that really didn't have anything to do with anything to me other than the fact that he had that little landing strip facial hair right oh here and his beard and the small hats. So the combination of the two kind of made you think that he might be into something like that. Also, Monique and Sydney have been very public about having an open marriage. And it being okay for them to swing in and out with others if that's what they choose, which ain't no hating on that. Hey. If that's what works, then bet. Right. But Holler. let's not pretend as if these are far-fetched, you know, rumors to be appearing regarding them, right? I'm not right. saying they're true, but this is something that's rumored. So Monique was upset by that question. DL and the interviewers never aired it. It was never part of the interview. So the public never was even privy to that until Monique offered it as a reason of why she cussed DL out on stage. She also said that you know, he had a lot to say during the controversy with her in Netflix and she didn't like it. So she said that she was planning on coming to the show that night. This is what she said. She was planning on coming to the show that night to get D.L. Hughley on that stage. She had planned to, she said, let his ass have it. That's a quote from her once she got on that stage. So 
I assume that that intention coupled with getting to the venue and not being or understanding prior to your arrival at the venue that you are not the headliner. It ended up in the, you know, dynamite firestorm that we saw on stage and heard saying what she said to DL. But let's get into a little bit of DL's response, um, his initial response on Instagram, which he shared a picture of Monique and her character of Mary Jones from the movie Precious. Um, he posted a picture of that. And he said, all you have to do is check the order of names on the ticket stub from last night and you'll see who's confused. Against my better judgment, over the objections of my team and four other occasions where I said no, I decided to take a chance and work with Monique. Oprah was the problem. Tyler Perry was the problem. Charlemagne was the problem. Steve Harvey was the problem. Lee Daniels was the problem. Netflix was the problem. Now it's my turn. At some point, it can't be everyone else. It's you. Hmm. Lesson learned. I didn't have anything personal against Monique. People paid a lot of money to laugh, not hear about your contract. Apparently, the role you played in Precious turned out to be an autobiography. I wonder who's next, D.L. Hughley. Of course, that because Monique responded to that, right? Of course, you know, if, if he's saying that the, he's the headliner and she feels like she was, she's going to continue to make her point. So she responded. He responded as well. They both ended up posting contracts um, that appeared to identify each of them listed as a headliner. Monique, <laughs> I just see that. Now, right? did, did D.L. Higley post a contract or a contract memo? Well, I'm, we're getting to that. Okay. Monique questioned the authenticity of D.L. Hughley's deal memo, which was what he posted, mm. versus her signed performance agreement. Right. However, D.L. Hughley's deal memo, which we all have done deals before. We know what a deal memo is. That's right. the terms that you agree to of the deal. It's a memo of the deal. Right. It was on letterhead <laughs> from his agency, which I'm not even going to say the name of the agency because y'all don't represent me. But it's a huge <laughs> Hollywood talent agency that is revered, respected, no questions asked. You see that letterhead, you know this is official, like a referee with a whistle, right? Monique's <laughs> performance agreement was um, on Sydney Hicks Media letterhead. It was signed, so I mean it was a signed, but it could have been whatever they determined it to be because it was produced from her in-house, you know, Sydney Hicks Media company, which means her and Sydney typed that up, okay? Mm -hmm. There's a difference in strength of documents here okay next um dl actually um on may 31st okay because this is an ongoing thing that started on the 28th of may on the 31st dl appeared to have drawn a definitive line you know underneath his side of the debate with receipts as well where he scrutinized monique's contract and raised a number of interesting points so i'll share those with you all just so that we have this because again today is about sharing the facts so that people can have an informed opinion yes, on this and you. not move off of emotion the posted hicks media incorporated hold up that's you you're really showing everyone a contract you submitted from your own company i smell bullshit and i wouldn't pick it up with the old ass birth certificate paper it was written on now Wow. This is this is where <laughs> this is where because I almost laughed when he said uh, that your role in Precious was an autobiography and he posted that picture. But you you have to remember we're dealing with comedians here, comedians you know, who are naturally funny. That's what he said. And when you upset trying to hear insults, that's where you get some of your best comedy. And he said that 
that contract from Sydney Hicks Media was written on old ass birth certificate <laughs> paper. <laughs> I hollered. Okay, hold on. He said, he oh said, I wouldn't pick it up with the old ass birth certificate <laughs> paper it was written on. Stop the cap. Again, my contract says I will be the headliner. I will be the highest paid artist on the show. I will have approval of the lineup. The lineup of the show with D.L. Hughley closing. Now explain to me how my shit was delivered on and yours wasn't. <clears throat> Sounds to me like your problem is with Hicks Media Incorporated. Can we please uh-huh. implement the three knockdown rule? Daryl Lynn Hughley, and he tagged a whole bunch of stuff, including Funky Finger Productions, which if anybody remembers what Funk, because he was saying Monique and them were janky promoters. And what <laughs> if you remember what Funky Finger Productions was, it was the duo that Tommy Davidson and um, David Allen Greer played on a living thing. That's like, man, bam! Remember they would say bam every time they pulled their cards out? Funky Finger Productions, it was hilarious. Wow. Okay. Good reference. So um, that is, you know, that's what happened. They went into a back and forth about those contracts and then DL Hughley took it off of Instagram and began addressing Monique on his radio show, the DL Hughley show, where he offered oh, up a classy, you know, take on his situation with Monique and just tried to kind of end this situation. Monique and Sydney continue to go live about this and things have now taken a very, very, very deep and new low where Monique has gone on a quest to prove her point and define D.L. Hughley's character as a person who would do something to try to, as in her words, you know, disrespect black women. He doesn't value black women. And that's why he wanted to make sure that she was not the headliner. And she wanted to try to illustrate his character or lack thereof. So she posted an interview that D.L. did years ago where he was saying that one of his daughters had experienced like basically some sexual trauma at the hands of someone else. And that when he was initially told about it, he uh, um, told her that, you know, well, that's just what kids do. And he didn't necessarily believe it as trauma. And he was saying that that was one of the things that was one of the biggest things that he was regretful for as a parent and that he had to live with that for the rest of his life, that feeling of regret of failing his daughter and not mm-hmm. being supportive of her in the ways that she needed and questioning her experience. And that was something that him and his, his whole family had to heal from that experience and the fallout yeah. of that, and that they had found their way back to redemption and that he lived with that pain daily. That was his point in sharing yeah. that story. But wow. what does that have to do with these contracts? Great question. <laughs> Monique and Sydney posted that to Instagram. I don't like that. And captioned it. I'm going to share with you the caption that they posted after they shared that section of that inch that that interview because they wanted to illustrate DL Hughley real mo. What is money real mo worldwide? I'm trying to pull it up because I don't believe that I I don't like um, that she brought that in there, especially since he's sharing I, you know, DL has done some things, but for him to share something so deep like that and for him to actually have to try to heal with that for the rest of his life and open up because black people don't share like that. So the fact that he would share yeah. something like that and now she's using that again, or they're, uh, her and Sydney are using that against him is disgusting. And I hate that. So four days ago, um, uh, DL, four days ago, Monique posted this video clip of an interview um, on Sirius XM Shade 45 with Heather B. and Sway, 
where D.L. Hughley reflected on that conversation and she shared it to substantiate a section of her um, onstage rant where she initially cussed him out, where she said that she feels sorry for his wife because she had to suck the dick of a coward. Okay. Oh, wow. She said she feels sorry for his family. She because they he was a coward with a weird dog. D.L. Hughley actually like, later so on shared that he has an emotional support dog um, because his father died and his family, his daughters, his his children and his wife bought him the dog that was from the city where his father was from. And he named Aww. the dog after his father and carries the dog with him all the time so that he can have a piece of his father with him at all times. Aww, he said that was a section of love that Monique didn't know anything wow. about. But Monique said he was a coward with a weird carrying a damn dog around all this other stuff. So... Four days ago, Monique posted a section, that section that we're referring to of that interview where he spoke on his daughter's sexual trauma and his reaction to it and his disappointment with himself for that years ago. Monique posted a section of that and she captioned it with this. She said, this is based upon DL's own words that you just heard. She tags him, real real DL Hughley. When I said, how can DL's wife suck the dick of a coward? This is what I meant. When my husband and I say we have to fight for the little girls coming up behind us and you see DL didn't believe his own daughter over a friend because he seemingly likes his friend um, more than he loved his own daughter and didn't want to be bothered by the inconvenient truth. This highlights why the black women aren't believed when they publicly speak about their trauma. What does black women, his and DL, what does the black women and his DL's black wife have coming? Watch who stands with this man, and you're looking at the same ones who will sit down when you, our sisters, are being attacked. I find it funny that DL will call out Ice Cube, Kanye West, Riza Islam, Angela Stanton, myself, etc., but he won't call out the name of the person that violated his daughter. This is what happens when the people who said I, this is what happens for the people who said I just need to let things go. P.S. Thank you, Amir S., who is some man that sent her this interview clip. We love us for real. Signed, Sydney Hicks and Monique Hicks. <laughs> who signs? Who real. signs an Instagram <laughs> caption? But anyway, that's what she said. Now, so she's trying to say that she called him a coward on stage because of this story. <coughs> DL has responded to this, and so did his, so his daughter. These are the last responses we're going to get into, and then we're going to share our overall thoughts on this. Um, DL responded. Just to, one of the things that he responded. One of the notes in his response was that. The situation that happened with his daughter, her trauma that they're speaking of, took place when she was 13. And the other person who um, did this to her, who, who enacted this trauma upon her, was also 13 years old. They, they were both 13. So he wasn't speaking of an adult man that had violated his daughter. He was speaking of another 13-year-old, and he didn't share that name. Mm-hmm. This happened many, many years ago, and him and his whole family had healed and moved on from this. Monique resurfaced this clip of an interview from years ago that obviously made his daughter have to relive this and his family, whole family entirely. And it just wasn't a a pleasant thing for his whole family, I'm sure, as you can expect. Right. So after this took place, um, D.L. Hughley's daughter, her name is Ryan Nicole Shepard. She's his oldest daughter. She posted um, this to her Instagram page, and I think it's worthy of a read because it definitely is one, but not in a messy way, but you guys need to hear what she said. (laughs) And I also want to make one more note before I move away from this and I forget it. I find it funny that she, Monique, um, 
she always says how she loves black people for real and how she's doing all of these things that she's in the media for in the name of like protecting black women and advancing black people in general right but you mentioned angela stanton as one of the people who D.L. Hewley has disrespected in the name of disrespecting black people, Angela Sand disrespects black people. She's made a name for herself by disrespecting black people. And you should mm-hmm. think about things like that before you include it in your offering, because now people are going to cross-reference that and find contradictions in what you're saying. And it puts holes right. in your story. Moving forward, here's what D.L. Hewley's daughter, Ryan Nicole Shepard, said. Hi, and she tagged Monique. I'm Ryan Nicole Shepard, D.L. Hughley, and LaDonna Hughley's eldest daughter. You've now publicly disrespected my mother, who I love and care for very much, and my baby sister, who I love and care for very much, to get back at my father, who I love, respect, and care for very much. At this point, I feel like you are asking my family and myself to act out of character. Out of all the things you could have legitimately said about my dad, if that's the route you wanted to take, You chose to be deliberately mean and hurtful to two black women who have nothing to do with this conversation. Using my mama and my sister to show people my father's character only shows how little mental stability, dignity, morality, and respect you have, not only for yourself, but for other black women. You're clearly two crayons short of the full box. You're disgusting, and you absolutely need to keep every single member of my family's (laughs) name out of your poisonous mouth. Not because you you can do us harm, you can't, but because you are adding to the historical and systematic disrespect and trauma of other black women who you claim to love. And for what? A check? You're bringing up trauma for a concert lineup discrepancy? All you've done is proven that you have no moral compass. Nothing is too far in your quest to prove a point. And I'm blessed that my parents raised children who have no idea how you could possibly go here. We Hewleys are going to have a good ass day and a blessed life. We are healed. We are whole and we love each other fiercely and deeply. You can continue to live in that scorched earth kingdom of yours. Get some help, Mm -hmm. ma'am. And if you want to have this conversation in person, I'll happily give you my address. (sighs) D.L. Hughley said that, you know, um, he was going to speak on this later on and he spoke on it on his show. Monique responded to that and said that thank you for the invitation for a discussion. We would like to take you up on it because it would be very healing for our community. Have D.L. Hughley set up a time for you and your family and my husband and I to come on his show and we will go from there. I love us for real. D.L. Hughley issued a response and said she will never be on his show. She will (laughs) never talk to his children in her life. And he's moving on from all of this. And he said that working with her is an occupational hazard. And that he made a mistake. And he said a whole lot. But this guy bad. Monique uh, has gotten caught in lies. She said that she called him a coward on stage because of this reason. You know, his his not protecting his daughter. Then she went on Instagram Live and said she never knew about him not protecting his daughter until the night before she made that post. Because um, the guy, Amir S., that she thanked in the caption had sent her that video which completely contradicts her story that she was calling him a coward on stage because she knew about that information. So it's just kind of like, what are we doing here? And it's tricky because Monique and her husband, Sydney are using a lot of buzzwords that kind of make people incite a reaction out of people like protect black women, um, black people, black women, 
she's just kind of, uh, you know, weaponizing, angling. Yeah, she's weaponizing this whole situation. Um, she's weaponizing her black femininity in this situation. And she's angling it so that people who are already um, sensitive to some of the things and ways that she has legitimately been and verifiably been mistreated in the entertainment industry. She's, she's using this to kind of like pile it onto that and kind of build the conversation from there. And I find that very harmful personally, because this discrepancy and what she has now revealed as her reasoning or her intention behind even having this, um, this dialogue on stage does not reflect an issue that should be lumped into something as serious as the way that black women are mishandled, mistreated, devalued, and underpaid in not just the entertainment industry, but in the world in general. Right. And I think that's where this becomes, these waters become a little bit murky. I'm a person who, and then I would love to hear what you guys think about this in closing. Right. But I'm a person who was critical of the way that Monique expressed her initial concerns with the, her low ball from Netflix Mm-hmm. But I've always been on Monique's side when it came to her not being asked to work for free with the precious story. And unfortunately, Same. through the conversation being so public and so large on social media, people have conflated those two issues and made them one when they're separate. And that and I have separate opinions about them because they're separate occurrences and separate circumstances that are only linked because they both involve Monique in doing business. So I just wanted to share some hardline facts with this so that people can view this as its own situation and kind of form their opinions and their tweets that I don't want to read in the first damn place. They can form those tweets from a place of having information as opposed to sensational feelings based on the way that black women and black people are done wrong in the industry and and their previous feelings attached to other public um, grievances that Monique has shown. What are you guys' closing thoughts on this entire situation? What are your thoughts on Monique's uh, presence in the industry to date? And what do you think? I think it's tricky because there are times where it's important to speak out about things happening. Like, let's say, just picking a theme that I can relate to, you know, when influencers, especially Black influencers, started speaking out about the pay gap between us, you know, and white influencers. And the only way that that discussion can take place is if people speak out you know about what they're getting paid um even just letting it be known that created more research around it that created more investigations you know like sometimes you do have to be the person that's the whistleblower just to get shit rolling so I understand the like not wanting to always do shit behind closed doors Mm because sometimes behind closed doors is how you can continue to be exploited you know it's like the industry um they're able to continue their behavior because of people's silence. They can almost like count on it mm-hmm. because no one wants to be blacklisted. Nobody wants to like not work in Hollywood again or be that person. So it's kind of tricky, you know, cause I understand the desire to just be like, fuck that and almost break the fourth wall. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, but does this give know. all that? Does this require all that? Right. It's like, <laughs> There's a way to do that, I think. And in this case, I wasn't too mad at her speaking out the first time, personally. When you say the first time, you're talking about the Netflix lowball offer, right? Yeah. Are you talking about Monique? Are you talking about the precious situation? 
actually the Netflix lowball offer I thought was good because if you noticed it how other comedians start speaking out and that's how you get the conversation out there. You got to put people on the spot sometimes and you might have to be the ones to take the L, you know, yeah. to to like do it for the industry. If you're willing to be that person, like the sacrificial lamb in a way. Um, but uh, the other one was the Tyler Perry, you know, Oprah thing about being asked to promote for free. I didn't I wasn't mad at that either because right. I thought like there are probably a lot of people that feel pressured to give in to working for free because like they don't want to not work again or they don't want Oprah to not ever tap them again, you know? So sometimes you end up um, allowing yourself to be mistreated or lowballed or exploited because you don't want to be, quote unquote, that person. That's like difficult. So I wasn't mad at that. But with this, then it just starts becoming a thing. You know, like now it's becoming a thing. It's like, okay, it has to make sense too. And this felt like this was a behind the scenes you know, business miscommunication that I don't understand why that was handled on stage. I don't understand why that she even went out on stage to begin with. I I wouldn't even have traveled there. (laughs) Like you wouldn't even have seen me if the contract wasn't right or whatever it is that happened, or I just wouldn't have come out on stage. Like if this ain't right. Another note. You know, there's no show. But I think I just wanted the record to reflect this as well. Monique was extremely late for her performance and everybody knows when there's a lineup of multiple acts what usually it happens throws is everything off or they'll pressure the person that's next after you to go ahead and go online in your place and then you end up right. going on in their place oh this trick in the book when you want to get your act to the front of the bill or closer you to become the, the right yeah headline mm-hmm. but that didn't happen and i think that that is what um, you were referring off. to Asante when you said I think that that's what has gotten what has morphed as people have been talking and talking and talking about this some things have been twisted twisted you know what I mean in their delivery and I think that DL not going on stage in her place as time passed um, I think that that ended up being communicated as him saying I'm not going on unless I'm the headliner you get what I'm saying I think that's mm-hmm. what people have started saying that was but what actually happened was she tried to be late and get there late so that she could and go on at the end. It. And it didn't go down right. like that. But go ahead. Right. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to put it, plug that little fact in. Yeah, no. I, I, I mean, to me, yeah, I just feel like this wasn't worth everything that has happened since. And then yeah. bringing up, you know, the family business. I just don't see the connection. At this point, it just sounded like... You know when you dug a hole too deep and then you're like, fuck it. <laughs> She's just like going a little too hard in the paint in the wrong direction because it's like, fuck. You know, some some people don't know how to just stop and be like, all right, I, I may have taken this too far. Like, let me just drop it. But I don't know. That's just my perception of it. I don't know, Monique. I don't know, DL. I don't yeah. know what issue they have behind the scenes that this has been building up, you know? I don't know. Who knows? You do but now. That's my take. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's my take on it. It sucks. I'm just like, come on, y'all. Let's just do our craft and get paid and go the fuck home. Asante Picante. I agree <clears throat> with a lot of with what you said, Fran. You know, like I wasn't mad at Monique about the, you know, promo thing. Like there are a lot of these gray areas where it just makes Monique look bad, right? Like you know, the promo thing, we can look at that and be like, um, you know, I'm not trying to play the game. <laughs> but there are people on the outside like, well, you, that's how you have to play the game if you want to be successful. So it's like, I'm not mad at Monique for, you know, speaking up about Netflix. There are certain things that I'm not mad at her for, right? 
But in this particular situation, I'm mad at her because it's like, like, or as the story continued to develop, I'm, I'm not only mad at her, I'm like more and more upset with her because you just, you, and you were lying. Like if you were telling the truth, you wouldn't have touched the stage. You could have taken this to court, like whatever. But instead you're handling this through social media and that is not okay. And that is not fair with you, as Dustin was saying, using these buzzwords trying to get people on your side. Like, I don't know if you're trying to like garner this toxic audience or whatever, but that sucks and that's not going to work. And we see through that bullshit and it's terrible. How can you just start, like if you were going to get him and you knew you weren't going to be the headliner, but you thought you were going to wait. And then he still ended up not going on stage. You should have been like, oh, you should, you're, you should have popped a Mentos and be like, well, let me fry his ass up here. So when he comes out here, he's shaking, but you're not that good of a comedian. <laughs> so you decided to go out there and make it everybody else's problem, which, you know, I'm not, I'm annoyed with that. Cause if I would have paid some money is going this way. It's like, Part of me would have been like, oh, shit, right. okay, T. But the other part of me is like, why do we have to do it? Like, what, is this going to be like the theme of the night? Like, I'm going to be confused as hell. But as it continues to develop throughout social media, like the contracts, you posting it on your Hicks thing, whatever, fine. If you would have attached the venue's contract to that, too, or something like, okay, now we're talking. But there are these, thing, these, these gray areas <laughs> she's playing in, and it's like before – you could you could have kept some support and maybe in this situation she will still keep some support but i you you lose me when you just keep attacking this man's family from various angles and you're trying to make it about his character by talking about some shit that he actually was doing work publicly on like the fact that he was doing that work about his family like that's some shit that a lot of black people would never do like a lot of black people would never share that type of pain and type of darkness that they're coming back and healing from so the fact that he would open up that kind of prom- that promotes something with the black community, but for you to turn that around and use that against him and call him a coward and talk about his wife and the daughter again, it's disgusting and it's terrible and it just makes me hate her. And I don't want to put her in that <laughs> box because there are so many of these chances where I'm like, "Damn, y'all really trying to get Monique up out of here? That that sucks." But like fifty, like you said, fifty cent. These people are trying to keep you around, and then you do shit like this. Like why? Why? So I just don't want her to do it no more. I just I want somebody. She needs like. Uh, she needs a team of people that want to come in and actually help her. I don't know what that's going to look like, especially because you, she comes off like the type of person you can't tell them nothing because she's going to try to baby this you and teach you something at every turn. So until she's ready to accept some sort of help, whatever that may look like, I don't know how she's going to continue to be successful. It looks like a new staff, a new team. But she has to be receptive to all of that. She has to be receptive to all of that. And she is not, which is why right. we're in this place in the, we're in this situation I was in the say, first that place. that ain't happening. <laughs> I want to make it like, for me, it's just the contradictions and the inconsistencies that I have a problem with. She was consistent in her story related to not wanting to promote Precious for free. You know, people were baffled because you were literally at the top of your game as an actor. Why? And I, I personally, I think it speaks to Sydney being the problem because your team, okay. If you're the baddest actress in the game right at that moment, and she was, she swept award season, your team should have been able to negotiate a deal for you to be paid to go promote that movie with, and- the, with, the, with the clout that you have in Hollywood at that point. You should have had your ass at the Cannes Film Festival on that, on that carpet and at all those film festivals across the world promoting it like A-list movie stars do. But you didn't because you weren't paid to be there, which makes sense to me. What I'm saying is, 
You should have been paid to be there because your team should have been thorough enough to execute that sort of deal for you. And they weren't because you had someone who's literally unqualified, a.k.a. Sidney Hicks, handling things that were above his head. And that's why this is all going to hell. The moment she started working with Sydney, everything flopped. Monique was on the top of her, at the top of her game that with Sydney in her life. And as soon as he became involved in the business, post Precious, because remember, Precious was an I independent film. I feel like that film. happens a lot. Yeah. I feel like when a lot of people let their husbands kind of become their managers and take over, it's just like a Think about how those, that. just based on this, how disgusting this is, I'm sorry, Dustin, like mm-hmm. just thinking about how gross and disgusting this is, I can only imagine what it might be look like to do business with him. Like even in those early days, like he, they probably send him emails like, unfortunately we can't accommodate this, blah, blah. And it's like a, 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 a game and he don't know it's a game. Like, Oh, this is what we supposed to, uh, you know, go back and forth on the price. He's probably just emailing back. Why not? Or some shit like that. It's like, what? Like, I just feel like, like you're, you're on the right track, Dustin. Cause that's exactly how I felt. Like I felt like since he's been in the picture, I don't know if it's him communicating. He's got somebody else doing some bullshit or what. It just has not gone anywhere good, and it continues to go as such. I don't understand why he's so heavily involved in her business. Everything, and mm-hmm. as, as, a, as a performer, as an actor, as a person who is involved in the creative arts, as hard as we motherfucking work to get opportunities and to volley from one opportunity to the next and move up and, and, and amplify the our visibility and all these things, for Monique to dedicate her life to her art and her craft, and allow a nigga to mishandle it, I just, that that baffles me. He needs to be removed from like the situation. Some- Monique needs a team of qualified professionals to handle her business. It's not Sydney Hicks. He got her doing fucking lives with the screen turned to the side on Instagram, talking shit with gray roots, trying to let us know why and explain this ghetto ass, stupid ass shit that's been going on and why her name is always attached to some bullshit instead of being revered and attached to work and attached to things that reflect her, 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 her talent and her gifts and the accolades that she's received and the way she has been recognized and acknowledged as literally the best to do it. That's what her name should be attached to stories like that. Not something right. that somebody in an Adidas hoodie with a plaid fedora sitting on the top of their motherfucking head is talking about from a Justin dirty screen phone. You should have heard Vivica Fox. Monique was talking shit about what she ain't like what Vivica Fox had to say about it. Cause you know, Vivica has been um, guest hosting Wendy, um, you know, oh. in these absence, Vivica's done some guest mm. hosting. Spots, so she was on there talking about it. And you should have heard Vivica. Shout out to Claudia Jordan. You should have heard Vivica on their show, Podcast <laughs> with the Queen, <laughs> yesterday <laughs> on Fox Soul. Vivica said, she, you know, I got thick skin, so I don't care what she says about me. And what did she, she was in a basement, you know? She's like, can you get, let's oh. get in a basement, son? Can you get better lighting? I mean, I'm not, I don't Stop care what she has to say about me, but like, oh, you should have heard her. Like, at this point, that is what is sullying and tarnishing Monique's name and her her reputation, excuse me. The problem in my eyes is not Monique. The problem is Monique's team, a.k.a. Sydney, but it the is one man band. He seems he seems parasitic. Which he sucks. is very much and so. He and has you know no, what? He has no qualification, no training, no work record to 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 
uh, to legitimize him taking on that role in her business. And the ship, the ship is sinking and has continued to sink since he got his ass on board. That's what the problem is. Monique is in love. Monique believes in the power of black the, families the and in the black, and fa- power, black family structure. She believes yeah. in that. And Monique, she also posted, I just want to say this, because there's a YouTuber, um, shout out to Jay Lee's Corner. If you are on YouTube and you watch YouTube stuff, look up Jay Lee's Corner and watch that channel because what she has done is compiled all of these live videos into like oh, related to whatever news topic is going on. It's a one big ass video that she narrates your way through so that you can understand what has gone on with the facts. And she's done a great job chronicling this situation with D.L. Hughley and Monique. She made a great point when I'm going to close out with this. I promise. I know this is a long conversation, but it's Monique. No, no, no. no I still but got more <laughs> shit to say. <laughs> Monique posted another video because she's on this um campaign of trying to illustrate Dia Hughley's character or lack thereof in her words. So she posted a clip of him from the Jay Leno show, which is how long Jay Leno been off the air. But she posted a clip of him <laughs> from the Jay Leno, when the Jay Leno show was on and the scandal went on with Don Imus calling that uh, girls basketball team nappy-headed hoes. Remember oh, that? Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. And D.L. Hughley did a little <laughs> interview on there where he said, you know, he shouldn't have called them no hoes, but it was some nappy-headed women on that team. You know what I'm saying? He was like, <laughs> it was some of the ugliest women I've seen in my life on that team or whatever. And it was it was wild and could be considered problematic or whatever, but you know how comedians pop their shit. Monique posted that saying that D.L. Hughley can't never protect black women because he's always attacking black women recklessly and blah 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 and this shows who he is as a person jay lee's corner posted a video of that and then said you know let's be fair though monique you've said this literally goes into a video of monique saying fuck you skinny bitches and you fat you skinny black bitches need to learn from white women because white women know how to shut the fuck up and that's our problem that's why your your ass (laughs) is saying you independent that's why your ass is sitting in my show by yourself now because your independent ass ain't got no man and you had to buy your own oh, fucking ticket. Jesus. Y'all need to learn how to shut the fuck up and fuck skinny hoes. And so he can't laugh about the nappy-headed thing, whatever, make jokes based on that. But you can make a career out of saying fuck skinny women and tearing skinny women down. So why is it okay for you to have wildly sensational comedy, you know, but that section somehow is now defining of who he is as a person but you talking all this shit and you love us for real it's just disappointing and if you had a right team in place they would be able to tell you to put the phone down monique okay <laughs> yeah but because and you wouldn't Sydney, have these con you wouldn't have these contractual issues to begin with like thank you're you monique you're thank so you. you're top tier bit like top tier you know? literally the best and then you love black women so much, but the first argument you want to make, and mind you, all of this is about her ego and wanting right. to headline that show. Let's be clear, because somebody got to go in some place on the lineup when you have that many people on the show. That's your ego. Yes, your, your work in the industry should be reflected in the way that you are received and handled, okay? But when it comes down to you versus him for that headlining position and you now making it a public issue, for everyone to opine on, that's your ego showing up. Okay? And I just, 
I just wanted to share the facts. I wish Monique had a better team so that we could really get back to loving on her like we all really want to. Because that's really mm-hmm. what our frustration is rooted in. She can get back to getting into in. her work. Yeah. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. got a second chance to get back to work with these movie, this movie she's working on with Lee Daniels. I know she's got a multi-episode, you know, guest uh, spot arc on season two of BMF that 50 Cent has, you know, created mm. for her. She's mm-hmm. got a couple opportunities, but on the heels of that good news, we get this shit. So I just want better for Monique because I really do love her. And she's one of the funniest pe- comedians and a very talented, dramatic actor. Okay. And I want Very. more for her as someone who I enjoy. And, big and, range. Yeah. But yeah. this ain't how you're going to get it. And the first thing you got to do is yeah. drop that zero. You got to get rid of Sidney Hicks. He can be your man. Y'all can be a couple and be married. Get him out of your business. And that's right. never going to happen. That's the weird part. <clears throat> like, I think about, like, how she's always talking about her, her man and being all up and through it. But then when you mentioned Vivica, it, that actually made me think and remind, like, Wow, Vivica is someone that has maintained a lot of these relationships throughout the years, continued working, gone back when they've done uh, done bad uh, Independence Day. Like she's just always been able to keep her relationships up. And I wish that Monique, even after being blackballed, there was people there were people that could look around and be like, yeah, you know, they were doing her dirty. Let me come in and help. But it's just such a turnoff when you hear she's acting like this. And I just want someone that Olivia Pope, you know, I just need somebody to come in and be like, all right, well. You know, I can handle her ego because we're not even going to do that. So she can really see that if she works this way, she's not losing any integrity by keeping her wits to herself, by being able to put them here and there and and where and why. Because we're not going to believe you when you're getting on fucking live all the damn time. Like, we don't care about sideways. We want to see you on the big screen. You know what I'm saying? We want to see you on our TV. Not our phone screen. Yeah. Like. That's and I don't think a lot of people take that sort of thing into account, especially when she has to do a, a lot of it herself. And I have to continue to remember she was blackballed and I don't know what that looks like. And it's probably very hard to come back from. And it's very traumatic. I just want her to stop acting out. And I may, I want someone to try to help her through it somehow, because Monique does not she doesn't deserve to be looked at like this or acting like this. Like You know, like there are just some very heinous things that she is saying and crazy things that she's doing. And it takes away from me wanting to figure out why the business wasn't handled and how someone in the business, how someone in business can help her because she's attacking someone on such a personal note, not even in a funny comedian, tip or tat joking, uh, like intelligent way. It just makes her look crazy. And I hate that for her. And then you talk about protect black women. How do you want, how do you want us to show up for you? You want us to be mad that DL didn't, uh, he, he that he didn't that he, you want us to say all right he shouldn't have headlined so they're gonna redo the show now do you want guess a payment do you want like is. guess what her rationale is so the protect black women part of it, and then I swear we gonna go the protect <laughs> black women part of this conversation came in because she didn't like that question that was never aired in that interview years and this was like year like ten this is years That's ago something- she didn't like that question she said that um, DL and them shouldn't have asked her that question so now. It's a disrespect black women. You don't protect black women because you all then then the whole him laughing about or making the jokes about the sports team of women or whatever. And so now she's saying that he and then coupled with what she interpreted to be him allowing an adult man to abuse his daughter. But what we now know, which is none of our business, but what we now know is something else. She turned all that into him not protecting black women because it's a dog whistle. Let's be clear. That's a dog whistle. That's her trying to get 
a certain conversation started in connection to his name to change people's perception of him because she has a personal grievance right. with him. And that's why it's right. disgusting. That's what she's doing. Because if because if she really wanted to heal or like, I don't know if Ayanla is, you know, going on life coach journeys with people or something, if they saw <laughs> Dia was going to be on the bill with her and knew what the relationship was, it should have been like, all right, well, do you want to talk to him before the show or, or after the show? Like, because y'all need to have some sort of conversation, some sort of healing or something. But no, it's all this disgusting bullshit. Like, I just don't. I hate that she's putting more work into trying to trash him than she is trying to rectify a situation where she felt like she was wrong because she's lying. And that's why I'm disgusted. Like I just, I'm pissed. I'm annoyed. And no if she's not lying, if she's going to come out with another live where she does have the actual contract from the venue and the time so to blah, blah, blah. Contracts. Like, like, <laughs> like here's my problem if she comes out with that stuff uh, next because i'm not gonna see it bitch you should have went to court like and that's why i'm annoyed all over again like why did you do all of this in public if you re- if you really were wrong because there are situations like the netflix stuff those are gray areas where it's like people are gonna look and be like mm, well you could have been wrong if you really were truly wrong in this situation you have a legal system that will actually get you your money back and that will make for a better stand-up at the next set at the next show and and this is the smallest of details to have a grievance this large over when it comes to being a live performer or a live act. This is such a small, big, why did, small deal. Why does she run like that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm genuinely asking. Yes. So so like when yes, she finished are. when she finished the whole rant, she like why. <laughs> you you get what I'm saying? <laughs> like what in her body was like, nah, run. <laughs> I'm, she, she thought she was going off. Like, and I've heard Monique tell better. Is this just another, the adrenaline? One more just thing. Hot. One more thing. <laughs> and another thing. You saying all this shit? <laughs> this is what I mean about Monique. That is meant. That is really upsetting for me. You say all this shit about what you feel like DL said about, you know, you know, not agreeing with your Netflix, your stance in the Netflix situation or whatever. Corey Holcomb, who is someone who is actually really funny, but I can't watch personally because he's problematic on a level that pissed me off, like makes me mad. So that's why I don't watch him or whatever. Mm-hmm. Corey Holcomb been talking cash shit about Monique for years. Blatantly. He, he's one of his main thing was name one funny name, one classic joke Monique told. He says Monique is mm. not funny. He talks shit about everything about her appearance, everything. Jeez, Foul, filthy why? shit. Okay? You haven't had a word to say about him. And when she got caught out about the difference of why she going so hard on DL and not involving his family and shit, why haven't you addressed Corey Holcomb? You know what she did? Her and Sydney, Sydney ain't say shit. They, for once, he kept his mouth closed. They said it. My babies, I'm not worried about the Corey Hulk. Brother Hulk, he's been the Corey Holcomb from day one. Now that's who he is. We're not worried about Corey Holcomb. But the very <laughs> reasons that you're saying you're saying these things about DL Hughley, that is literally his Corey Holcomb's behavior. Blatantly and openly. So it's personal for you. It's not mm. a, an issue of protection or any or lack of protection or any of that shit. And I'm tired of her piling it on in that. Just get a new team. Get a right. new team. Or, or get an actual team. Get, get an actual team. team. Right. Like, like I, there are things that I have enjoyed Monique on. Like, I loved her on the Parkers. You know what I'm saying? And there are things Before that I hated her on. 
I hate right, I, and then I hated her on Charm School, but like she was still like booked in these like areas where it's like okay, like okay, she went from like UPN or uh, CW. I mean, I think it was UPN still back then. From UPN to fucking VH1, like that was crazy. That was cool, but then it's like get a team I, so we can have your back yes. the way you want us to have your back. That's yeah. how I'm close this. Get a team so that we, the people, the black people that you love for real, liar. Get a team so that we, the people, can have your back the way that you say you want us to have it. Thank you all for your time. I just wanted to offer some facts so that people aren't out here just tweeting with their ass. This is the Friend Zone. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Friend, bring in the wind chimes if you got them. And if not, I'm going to sue you because they in our contract. <laughs> Let me run across. <laughs> My office kind of small. but <laughs> um, I actually do. I remember this app that I do want to talk to you guys about okay. um, that just popped into my head. So I spent the weekend hiking, you know, it's just spending time in nature. Mm-hmm. So it's a plant medicine is a good way to connect and just kind of get out of my head. It was Absolutely. beautiful. I was seeing waterfalls and just the Ooh. whole nine, but um, shout out to my friend Sion who put me to put me onto this app called picture this. Cause during our hikes um, we kept bumping into a lot of like really cool wildflowers in this hike that we did in Washington and just like different plants that we were like, what is that? You know, a plant I never seen before. There was one plant that was, it had like a potato on it or something mm. that I, it, I was just like, what is this? You know, Not when the you're plant had a bunny. <laughs> <laughs> but we were exploring and I want to be that. I've always said, I want to be that person that just like knows every leaf, every tree, oh, are you going to get a plant journal? Right and be, I'm gonna be that person. Watch, you just, just give me a couple years living out here, <laughs> which I think is just cute to be that like really knowledgeable person. So, uh, Sion put me on to this app called Picture This, right? And it identifies one million plus plants. Wow, with ninety eight percent accuracy, but not just plants. It's also a flower and tree identifier as well. Um, it can even diagnose your particular plant problems as well you, you, with treatment suggestions. Plans. Okay, yep, with your house plants. Um, you can also get advice from their botanists, like one-on-one conversations. You can use their plant guides to even help you choose which plants, you know, based on your particular needs, uh, where to place them, lighting, water. They can kind of walk you through if you're like a relatively new plant parent. So it helps you even keep notes, reminders, record the growth of your plants. So it's it's a pretty well-rounded database of like plant medicine. I'm excited about it because when we were seeing the different flowers and stuff and putting it into the app, basically you just take a picture of whatever it is that you are trying to find out more information about. And it does like a scan and then tells you what the plant name is and everything about it, the history. I mean, it's that is so sick. cool. 
Isn't that so cool? Yes. Technology is like mind blowing. You know, so that is going to help me so much. Okay, friend, you know That's you help me, me right so on much time. being out here. You help yeah, me. I'm you got- just a bad uh, plant dad anyway. And Antoinette came over, and I told her I was like, you know, my Instagram it kept trying to tell me about one of the plant ads, but it wasn't working, or uh, I couldn't remember it. And she was like, them things don't work no way. And so she healed my plants back together. And I was looking at them the other day, watering them. I was like, well, I don't know what you're gonna do. I only see Antoinette once in the blue moon. <laughs> so now I'm like, I gotta no, you call. Didn't. Listen, because you know I was watering them and they were still happy, but in case they go back in the shock or whatever, I was like, oh, I gotta call her to come over here. <laughs> Not every now go and then. back in the shock. Oh, no, this this app is is perfect for you too. So whether you're at home trying to figure out some treatment suggestions, um, or maybe there's a certain plant that you've always liked, but you just didn't know what it was called, and this is a, a cool way to to upload that picture and get some information. But for me, I'm hyped because now that I live out here. Obviously, hikes and just walking and being in nature is going to be a huge part of my Sorry, regular y'all, lifestyle. Thing just came on. Go ahead. <laughs> it's it's going to be part of my um, lifestyle. So this is a really cool way to kind of just um, become a lot more knowledgeable about what I have access to. We even went to my backyard because my backyard is like insane right now. It has so much growing because mm-hmm. the owners of this house have uh, garden beds back mm-hmm. there oh. and they had planted things. Yeah. And so initially I was like, damn. Plant you some greens and some turnips <laughs> and shit. Plant you some nigga shit up there too. Yeah, because they planted um, artichoke, which I was like, okay. And spearmint. <laughs> Sounds about I, white. Arti- <laughs> That's why, in a in a way, I was like, "Damn, I low key wish that the garden beds were like empty, so that I could have used them and planted things that I want." Especially because I'm gonna be living here. Um, but you know, it's already full, and it's full of spearmint, which is fine. I can like make tea out of it. Yeah, it smells good. Like that's cool. Uh, but spearmint is overpowering. Like it has gone from the garden bed to like the whole backyard. (laughs) It's damn spearmint. I'm like, god damn. Um, artichoke is beautiful how it grows um blackberries apparently like blackberries here grow (laughs) grow crazy so i'm excited about the blackberries so it's a lot back there and we were just like walking around with the app just like seeing I felt like such a little kid in like a science project, you know, yeah. just like snapping pictures, like what's this one? What's this one? And then also just even wanting to know what trees I have back there. And, you know, of course me as a person who finds the signs and spiritual signs and mm-hmm. messages of everything, I was like, for me, whatever is back there is you is going to be useful for me. Like, I, I think nothing is a coincidence. So even the plant medicine available to me, I was like, let me know what it is. And how I can integrate it into my day to day because I definitely took all that as a message. Just even looking up like what the benefits are, so this is a really cool, helpful way to do that. So the app is called Picture This. Asante, I can see you click clacking and already checking it out. So and if you got kids, it's that play outside and shit. Like I don't even have no kids. I don't know why I thought about this. If you have kids that play outside, you can make sure they're not Mm -hmm. around no poisonous plants. Because I can remember being little. Right. You remember that poison ivy? It looked like berries, and you always wanted to like play groceries with it or some shit. Yeah, yeah. You can't. You need to know even during. No, even during our our hike this weekend, um, another friend of mine was telling a story about these girls apparently on TikTok who had gone on a hike and there was a flower that they all smelled because it was like a beautiful flower and they got super fucking sick. And apparently that flower is like poisonous and it 
does something to your body, act to your nervous system that just fucked them up. And so it was like, even just knowing the importance of like not, I mean, you know, black people are a little different. We ain't going to just like eat anything that you find, but even smelling, like I know I'm that person. I'll smell a flower. I'm mad Dustin is over here <laughs> cracking. <laughs> Lord, please forgive me. But it's they just was, they got, seeing them go. They got fucked up. And next thing you know, they are bought up in the feet of And it's like a whole TikTok journey of them like going from the hike to the flower to the hospital. <laughs> it's just all bad. But but my friend was like, that's some real shit though. The more you start exploring, you do get curious. And it's kind of like important to know what you are consuming or smelling or even touching, you know, for those of us that are like more curious, just to, this is a good app to keep handy, uh, to kind of like give you some information before you get, you head out there. So picture this, check it out. Hopefully it'll be useful. And if any one of you use this already, definitely uh, leave us some comments to see how you found the app and if you found it useful for what you've been exploring. So that's it. That's it for my uh, exploratory wellness segment this week. Now let's move on to Mr. Music Man. What you got for us this week, Asante? Well, a lot has happened to music, but I'm only going to talk about one thing. I will leave you. It's just one thing, which is funny that <laughs> that conversation has been happening a lot more lately about uh, Amory and Beyonce and that whole aesthetic. I don't know if you've uh, been seeing that uh, go around. I haven't. What gives? <clears throat> so uh, <laughs> they're discussing. Uh, I, there might have been a YouTube video because I've been watching a lot of these like music YouTube videos, and one of them was about why the uh, girls in the industry today can't sing, which was a little shady, but Ooh. very informative and correct. Um, <laughs> but I don't remember if it was uh, a conversation I saw on Twitter or if it was generated from YouTube mm-hmm. video, but the conversation is about how Amory, um, when she was coming out, how Beyonce saw the aesthetic and basically took it and Rich Harrison gave it to her and she ran with it and how Amory came out later and was trying to reclaim it, but everybody thought she was copying, uh, copying Beyonce. So it was part of her not being as successful as she should have been. But um, Do y'all remember it like that? Cause I don't like, I don't never remember anybody having a conversation about Amory. Like when she was hot, like when the, when the, um, touch album was out and when the when her first album was out mm-hmm. all i have i don't mm-hmm. ever remember people having conversations where they were like and then even after when dangerous when um crazy in love came out and it was obviously produced by rich harrison i don't ever remember people being like that she took her sound you know what i mean i don't remember that comparison do you guys i i remember people just feeling like Beyonce heard her sound and then wanted it for herself and went and got Rich Harrison and then basically because she's bigger just like swiped it and Amory caught the shit end of the stick. I do remember people feeling that way. I don't I don't know if I felt that way, but I do remember. Yeah, I remember I I remember it being a conversation because I remember I remember being more interested in the girls then than I very much am now. Um but I remember it being like a thing where Amory was out hitting and then was it gonna be more solo girls and then Destiny Child uh having a solo moment and Beyonce coming out hitting with crazy in love, but I don't remember it being like I don't remember thinking to myself then when I saw Crazy in Love that that aesthetic matched what Amory was trying Amory. to give with Touch, mm-hmm. trying to reclaim it. Like I didn't like when they were like putting it back to get uh, back to back like that. When I saw it mapped out, I was like, damn, I didn't know it was like this. But I was like, oh, I do remember it being something I didn't know it was this deep because they were always making the girls compete. There's some new shit on right. me. <laughs> but yes, uh, 
Damn, I forgot what I was talking about before I talked about the Amory. Oh, Plan B. Megan the Stallion. I don't know how we got to Amory, but Megan the Stallion dropped Plan B. Um, Mugler suit in my meeting. Wag you state when I'm eating. Uh, plan B is. This is a paper mag article. It says uh, Megan the Stallion's Plan B music video is a Mugler love affair. Um, I don't know how to say this young woman's last name, and I'm going to seem uncultured because this is uh, the. The person uh, from Mugler, Casey Codwalder, Codwalder, Codwalder. I, I hope I, Cadwalder. KCC. Okay, <laughs> but people are going to know that last name and they're going to be like, wow, you don't read. Because um, <clears throat> Algernon, I just never know how to pronounce the last part. Anyway, she's the person that put up uh, all of Megan the Stallion's looks. It was all custom Mugler. Every look in the video was sickening. And she also did the uh, custom look for uh, when she performed it live recently somewhere but not coachella coachella is where she previewed plan billboard. b but oh yes billboard thank you so much so megan the stallion did just recently perform this in the mugler outfit and now the video plan b has more mugler looks uh i love it, it brings me back to the aesthetic of when uh the women in hip-hop were doing their collapse with the big fashion houses and it's just sickening to see her as such and there are great placements there's a placement in the video where uh Megan is like actually propped up like art, like a fixture. And the lyric that she's uh, saying over and over again, she's like, how you want a bitch, but don't want to work. And it just was so cute because it was almost like, you know, you're trying to keep her Sydney, around as a prop. Like a lot Sydney of Sydney Hicks, Monique fucking <laughs> husband. How you want a bitch, but you don't want to work? Well, maybe, maybe Megan does. I mean, maybe uh, Monique does need the plan B energy because yes, she do. everything about plan B was super hot. It was a punch. It was very much. Um, I didn't say I, I said I was having this conversation with somebody and I told him I wasn't going to say this publicly, but this is um, a moment for Megan. This is almost reminiscent because a lot of people are going to have a problem with this. But if you know what I'm talking about, and you know what I mean? You would agree. This is a, a looking ass niggas moment for Megan. Now, it's not the only, the ultimate, but this is a this is a statement for her, and I appreciate her for it. I like how um, the suits look. I like how the outfits look. I like how it's really just focused on her, and she's still giving you hard ass bars and doing everything that the stallion's been doing since I'm a day one stallion. So, shout out to Megan the Stallion for Plan B. Um, outside of that, there are a lot of other things happening in music that I actually I'm just gonna provide a link to some of my uh, some of these articles that I've really been uh, randomly into. Rolling Stone dropped the best hip hop albums, uh, the 200 greatest hip hop albums of all time. Uh, if you're in a list like that, I definitely think you should check it out. It was just super cool that a lot of the, uh, I mean, you know, we all are going to be familiar with tons of the albums, but uh, I'll just give you a, a few of the albums that are on the list. Um, number 200, I believe, was Astro World, but uh, number one is Biggie, the Notorious B.I.G. Ready to Die album 94. Um, number two is Outcast Stankonia. Number three is Jay Z, The Blueprint. And number four is Public Enemy. It takes a nation of millions to hold us back. So it, yes. there's all sorts of hip hop on this list. Uh, it's very, very informative and uh, very reminiscent of a lot of feelings. Uh, some still stand today. Uh, some still are hits today as well. A lot of I saw uh, people were pissed off because um, they rated Cardi B's album Invasion of Privacy higher than Nas. It was written. Ooh. Or Illmatic, Illmatic, Nas Illmatic. So. People I mean, there are a lot that. of people, uh, there are a lot of contributors to said list, and um, I don't know how many of color are, you know, have influence. So, however, them debate swing. Or their age. Right. right. Their a monkey t shirt at HM all over again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, at the end of the show, friend, I'm actually gonna give you a link if you want to. Oh, actually, it's Rolling Stone. Y'all can find that one, but I'm gonna just give you a link to this next <laughs> article. Um, Hot New Hip Hop. They did a really cool article. Uh, the best 2000s era hip hop slash R&B samples from the last five years. I thought mm. that was cute. It was annoying because you know they had Jack Harlow on the cover, especially with what just happened with him. But that's always everybody's always sampling something from Kendrick Lamar's Poetic Justice with Janet Jackson on there, uh, all the way to Ray Shrimmer or Power Glide uh, sampling Three Six Mafia side to side. Like, where's Ray Shrimmer? You know, I, I don't. I haven't seen them. I don't know. I just hope that both young men are are mentally well and right. uh, doing what they need to do, and they can come back just okay. Because people always be in some shit, and I just never know how anybody's doing or what they're gonna do. You know, especially like the right. Migos. I hope that they are. I, I don't know what they're going God, through, but get it together, un- uncle and nephew. I just, right. I just need everybody to be okay. Hey, y'all believe Takeoff is the nephew? Ain't that crazy? You would think Quavo would be the uncle, the nephew, but Takeoff, Quavo is Takeoff's uncle. Actually, that's what I thought. For what? some reason, that that makes sense to me. Without they even look knowing like father and son. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> At best, I was like, "Yo, like, what the hell?" I, when I found out that they that that was the you know unconfused is mm-hmm. it. Uncle <laughs> I like that name. I'm sorry. I think it's cute. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. um, uh, ooh, uh, <laughs> ooh. if you like Erica Banks, uh, buses on this list is she did simple Nelly's hot in here. And that is, <laughs> why you make I mean, you know, she really irritates the hell out of me. Since we talk like about everything about, about her. Just, never mind. I, that would have been a bad. Uh, also, Lucky Day over sampled by Music Soul Childs Have Crazy. This is just a very informative list because sometimes we don't realize how old we are until other people don't know what the fuck a sample is. Day. And it's like, damn, I was actually listening to that original song and you don't know this at all. Okay, great. Um, so, hotnewhiphop.com. They, it's just very informative. Uh, and I'm going to make sure you all get that link so you can look at all these samples. And maybe you will find a jam that you didn't realize was the uh, sample of another jam. And if you do, share that below on the friends on comments and with that said we are going to move on to the next part of the segment which is i love that right you know uh, it's always cool because sometimes i remember being younger and hearing songs and not knowing that they were from other songs and hearing adults saying like oh they sampling this oh that's that and so like to be part of that era uh constantly all of the time now it's just like very interesting and always um always a little bit of a, a mind fuck because when you kind of think about like damn i remember where i was when i heard that like original song and like where you are now and how much time has changed. But it's not depressing. Uh, now we're going to get to the songs <laughs> to play. I want to know what you all have been listening to. Uh, Fran, have you been licking Lollipop lately and, and, and playing music? What you been? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, well, tell us what you've been over there listening to. Mama, mama. Wait. Oh, no. That's the play. I couldn't even get mama it out. Mama gonna go lay down. <laughs> I couldn't get it mama out. Mama gonna go lay down. <laughs> mama gonna go lay down. Oh, lay down. It's the mama for me. Mama about mama to go like down. It's the technique for me. <laughs> like, like sweetheart just had it down. It is, it is that. That's we, about you know we about to listen to it. Y'all already know it's time to <laughs> listen to it. Mama 
You better sing. <laughs> Go lay down. Lay down. Okay, that's my soundbite. <laughs> Next time Asante brings up my lollipop. <laughs> but, but yes, Mama did a lot of laying down. And um, India Sean, hi, yeah. beautiful woman well, that I, I love forever. <laughs> India Sean. My, I just, I just love her. She dropped a new song called Exchange, and it's a video to her and Smile. And let me tell you, she looks stunning. Yes. Number one. Oh, uh, exactly that. I just love the soft lens and the hair. You know, the white beauty. button classic down. Classic beauty. Perfect classic beauty. Bring on the beauty the campaign. Lancome so- and all that yes. shit. Yes. Ah, so bring it you on. see yes. it. You Dior see beauty. it. So bring it on. Come on. You see it. So I, I'm just, she just doesn't miss for me. And it's not even because that's my sister, but she like legit just does not miss. Thank and this you. song is beautiful. I've been playing it for days and this is how it goes. Hello tall. So that's my reflection all in your faces Way too much ain't enough My legs are shaking Thank God you're patient We ain't been perfect But Lord knows we try We keep trying Listening to Jay Davy, y'all. Oh. Mm. I miss Jay Davy. So, do y'all remember Rain Check from Evil Christian Cop? That song is popped into my head randomly. I was like, let me play some Jay Davy. I kind of was playing them all weekend, but Jay Davy Rain Check is how it goes.
remember that record? Hell yeah. Ooh, such a man. Shout out to Jack Davies. I need to put that on my do it list. <laughs> it's on, on my phone, it's called Time. That's the name. That's, that's what the playlist is called. Time. time. So I know when it's time, you play time. Well, play that one because this one is a mood. Well, um, you're about to go lay down. <laughs> <laughs> Say time when you're going to go lay down. <laughs> lay down. <laughs> and then um, lastly, Raven Lene dropped a new oh project. Oh, my God. You're about Hypnose. to play all of my songs, friend. <laughs> it's a project called Hypnos. Um, that's H-Y-P-N-O-S. And Raven Lene is spelled R-A-V-Y-N-L-E-N-A-E. Because I know y'all will be like, how do you spell that? And um, this it's really hard to pick because I like the project right. like in its entirety. So it's one of those what that you, you just got to sit ecstasy. and listen to. No, I'm going to play MIA. Okay, okay, That's the one okay. that I have hearted. So I guess that was maybe my favorite, but this is how it goes. summer vibes yeah so that project feels good definitely check that out and those are my three for this week all right well, dustin <laughs> ross what you got <clears throat> all right um i've been on low-key low i've just been blasting that kendrick lamar album yes i'm just stuck on it but this is one of my favorite songs on the album it's called rich spirit then i pray for because you bitches ain't never been cool writing testament painting pictures put me in the louvre that's a definite universal shift i'm in the cool a celebrity do not mean integrity you fool i'm a good man shake your hand firm grip rule 72 wins lost 10 balling with the flu more than two m's for show but add another two Little man, man, the big man, so GT down and flipping the kickstand. Bitch, nigga, broke phone. Trying to keep the balance, I'm staying strong. Stop playing with me before I turn you to a song. Stop playing with me before I turn you to a song. Hey, bitch, I'm attractive. Can't fuck with you no more, I'm fasting. Uh, bitch, I'm attractive. Can't fuck with you no more, I'm fasting. Uh, you can wait, feedback on low latency. I'm gonna get you from the face. That's my thoughts, bro. Sacredly, I'm running out of space. Ask when is she okay? Never mind a honey. Yeah, Rich Beard by K Dot. I've been on that. Um, next song, I've been on a little throwback tip. This is uh, Stroke You Up by Changing Faces. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. 
in my two picks. Wow. I have not heard that song in years. I could not tell you the last time I heard that shit. Wow. Damn. Well, in my two picks. Great selection. That was good. That was real good. <laughs> <laughs> I needed that. <laughs> um night. <All> right. <laughs> As soon as it come on, you know a song. Be like, hey. Oh, through the night. Do you mind if I? Damn. Yup, yup. I was going to play, well, yeah, I'll play this Raven Lene song real quick. This one's called Ecstasy. I guess you can get a feel how good the album is from Fran playing one mm-hmm. and I'm playing one too. But uh, right. it's Raven Lene again. This one's Ecstasy, just X T A S Y. If you don't feel like looking for a name, Raven Lene. But it's Raven Lene with a Y too. Just find it. was Riffin Lene's uh, Ecstasy, uh, really clubby vibe, really outdoorsy festival music type joint, like a little bit of everything, a little bit of everywhere. Um, she, I love it. She has a really nice uh, chill, but still uh, magical vibe to her. So I like her. You know what it is? It's chill music, but it's percussion heavy. Yes. And so that's what makes you want to shake your ass. You gotta shake your ass, <laughs> like Swiss B said. You know? <laughs> It's all that damn percussion. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There's an artist I've been wanting to talk about, and I just keep forgetting, but her name is Iniko, I-N-I-K-O. She's been all over social media. Like, That's when cute. I saw her, first of all, I didn't know you could do, uh, that TikTok had, like, a live section. So she was live on TikTok, and she was... Oh, streaming? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know they, they yeah. did that. Like, I just was only used to going on there for the clips. So the fact that people be on there, like, it's Instagram live and it's TikTok live. Like, I was like, oh, okay, go ahead yeah. for the lives. Uh, you can go live literally anywhere, Facebook, like, like shit. You can just everything live. Talking. Anyway, I, I saw her on TikTok Live, and she was doing a song. I don't even remember what song it was, but she was fucking it up because she was doing it her way. And it was so it was like a Drake song or some shit. And I was like, well, go the fuck off. But um, I went to go listen to some of her music, and she just got a cool ass vibe. Uh, it's really like, like she be on some vibes. So I ain't tapped all the way in, but this song is called "The King's Affirmation." And um, okay, you got me. You literally just piqued my interest. And um, you can I want to hear what the shit sound like. You can find her at uh, her name is spelled I N I K O. I will be one of the greatest. That is a vow, yeah. That is a promise. Always wanted to be famous. Just being real, yeah. Just being honest. My haters won't always be nameless. Give them no cloud, I give them no power. Creators built different than ancient. Sooner than later, I will be ours. I keep an eye out for the numbers. I stay in contact, synchronization. To infinity, even beyond it. I am a calm and no destination. A lot of things I am above, and there are a lot of things that are above me. Do not 
don't know what she's saying or what she's talking about yet, but she was just going in and then talking <laughs> about send, send me location. I was like, okay, well, you know, we summoning something. Hopefully it's some sex or something, nothing crazy, but she just uh, singing in fast forward. Hey, what do I do? I was like, yeah, I like this. <laughs> that was like fire, man. Yeah, I, I told she just got some, it, like it was almost giving me like Mariba and then songs. like y'all said FKA mm-hmm. Twigs. Like there was a lot of really cool shit going on. So um, I'm sure she has songs way cooler than that, but that was a cool last song to me. So I was like, the King's affirmation. Okay, like I'm a king. We getting the firm today. Yeah, um, I like being a firm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would also like to i just had one oh i have one more song i want to play before i play that i forgot to mention uh at the top of the show when I, or at the top of the segment rather megan b dropped uh her video for plan b but also coco jones dropped a visual for caliber um y'all know how i love coco jones i am complete when i tell you i want coco jones to win and have everything of everything i love so she's, she's positioned so talent beauty yeah, beauty everything everything you need like triple threat I and multifaceted it. at that yeah well this is her single uh well i'm not playing it but we, we played her single on a single on here before caliber mm-hmm. uh there's a video for it now support the song so we can get more music more visuals more budgets more tours more everything coco jones yes. I, like you said dustin like I, I told y'all I, how I felt. I loved her as Hillary Banks. Like, I appreciated her as yes. that. So I want to see more roles for her. I want to see more music for her all around stardom. Like, that would be super, super fucking fire. Cause She's adorable. She's so cute. She, She's she pretty fits. and cute. You know, normally you one of the two. <laughs> normally right. you're pretty or you cute. She's literally pretty and she's cute. Like, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Well... And her style too. I had one more song I was gonna play, but it was in my Apple Music, I think, and I couldn't find it in time. So the last song that I will leave you with, only because I made a um uh if you are subscribed to our Patreon, I made a playlist and that will be going up whenever the next episode of ETA is up. So whenever you catch the next ETA, it is going to have playlists included, especially for Patreon. So I made the playlist there only for mm-hmm. our Patreon subscribers, listeners, and viewers. I And I actually, because I said I was only going to do Spotify because I feel like I can get a better gauge of what's going on on Spotify than on Apple Music. But I made the playlist available on Apple Music as well. The playlist, um, mm. it is going to... So right now, the playlist is like an hour's worth of songs. You will find India Sean's song last on there because I made the playlist before she dropped the song, but she's still on the playlist. And what it'll be is a running uh, list of songs that I talk about or artists that I talk about on um eta and maybe some music that i'll discuss here but that is the only running list i'm doing for the main show if y'all trying to find that running list it's on our discord somewhere which is available through access to our patreon too so you got to join the community either way to get access to any of that (laughs) but um what's that what's that web address for our patreon patreon.com slash the friends on podcast okay no no hot links it's just a hot link okay uh the last (laughs) song i will play Dustin had me really missing out on Pusha T. I was like, I need to make some time to listen to Pusha T. So this song is called Scrape It Off um, yeah. because it's got Lil Uzi Vert on it and Don Tolliver. Yeah. But uh, Pusha T just always has super dope everything. So now he added one of my favorite artists onto that. Like he's always got super dope bars, super dope production, super dope wordplay, super dope uh, savviness. Like everything about Pusha T is super dope, all inclusive, like great uh, hip hop. Uh, luxury, like grunge, any and everything you could ever wish for, hope for. And then 
some of my personality I feel like is infused with this beat and now a little Uzi Vert here too. So here we are at Scrape It Off. Tell me what I gotta do. Pull up in a bucket, cool. One for me and one for you. Yeah, like with the mother to roof. Yeah, I'm off the chain, don't cut me loose. Yeah, I'm off the chain, I'm off the noose. Yeah, getting picked off Bentley, white like cotton. Residential, so good, my doors don't gotta lock them. Watch the dirty money, what I I miscount cause I'm off of Oxy. Yeah, this bigger than a damn proxy. Call my shooter, he said copy. Get that pluck like a boogie. I like So yes, that's like Uzi on scrape it off or after Don Tolliver singing. That made me wanna that made me wanna dance like the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> The game, oh wow, hopefully does not do another one of those to this song. But if he does, it will, I guess, get more uh, recognition. But it should just have recognition anyway because Pusha T is so dope. So make sure y'all check out those songs. And if you want to hear more of what's on my playlist, again, you can find that over on patreon.com slash Podcast. There's plenty of other artists on there. Some I've discussed already on the show, such as Sergio, because he's got a lot of great music. Um, Kendrick Lamar, there's some pics on there from him. Uh, Tanache, Bree Runway, a little bit of everything for everybody. And please let me know in the comments who y'all feel in and also tag them in social media and tell them that the friends don't sent you. That does it for the Music Man segment. Now I would know what you would like or what you are watching, Dustin Ross, because now we're in the TV Land segment. Only fans. Ooh, who you subscribe? <laughs> no, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> um, anyway, it's a lot of things you have to pay attention to. Get your ducks in a row now. The BET Awards are coming up. Yes. Y'all know this is a yearly event. Get your shit straight with your schedule. Make sure you have a little extra money for food in the budget that week so you can order you something and enjoy the show. Get your walk viewing parties together. You know, make sure you watch that show. So that's one thing to pay attention to. Second of all, the Real Housewives of Atlanta is back. They had a hiatus last weekend because of Memorial Day. It's back on Sunday nights at 8. Season 14, new cast, sort of. Sort of like a new old cast with one brand new person. But it's getting good yes. because the stories are starting to develop. The The season is really taking off without <laughs> me sharing details to su- supplement that. Just know the season is picking up. The feuds are starting. Things are really starting to roll on the show. One of the things that are starting to roll the most are the lies off of the tongue of Drew Sedora. Now, I don't know oh, Lord. what the hell kind of playbook she had for her second season where it seems like everything she's doing is super calculated and intentional like I'm going to get new wigs I'm going to you know act like I have this large staff of people working for me every day I'm I'm going to be busy with all these businesses that are not even active you know it's just things there's just there's a lot of contradictions I'll just put it like that between what she's saying and what actually is and Uh although it's making for something of interest and something to discuss you know, something of interest to watch. It's something for us to talk about. Outside of that, it's really a waste of space. And I think, I believe, because there's a conversation um, amongst Housewives fans and, you know, people who tweet about the show that this is not a good season. People are not happy with the season. Some people are, some are not. But I believe personally that Drew Sedora is, is responsible for those who are not. 
I think Drew Sidora is a beautiful woman. I think she's talented. There ain't no doubt in my mind. She can act her ass off. She can dance her ass off. She can even sing. Okay? She played the shit out of T-Boz in that TLC movie. In addition to her being on the game as herself, but that was a role that people won't forget. You know, there's a lot of stuff she's done, but Housewives ain't it. Um, she's always on the wrong side of the conflicts. She is bringing people who cheapen, like her assistant, Anthony, who is a walking cliche stereotype um, caricature of himself and who has single-handedly brought down the quality. That's the police coming to get his ass right there. Yes. <laughs> he has single-handedly brought down, okay, um, the, the, the level of... He's just less than the brand of Bravo. I'll put it to you like that. Before we were first introduced to him a few seasons ago on Basketball Wives, where he started a lie um, about Jackie Christie saying Malaysia's kids was dirty. And it blew out of proportion. He was, a, he was a fan that somebody was in somebody's DMs then. And now he's weaseled his way onto the Housewives of Atlanta. And I would think that Drew Sedora is a second year participant in this show as cast. Full time cast, might I add. I would think she would be savvy and astute enough to know what was going on and that this was not a smart plotline choice. See, they turned the siren up higher because she has really been <laughs> tripping this past episode. I'm telling you, it's that fire bad. Truck. Yeah, she set it ablaze. Um, but so that's also been going on. Marlo's been quite entertaining. Kenya's been entertaining. Candy has been very entertaining. And Candy is also in a lot of the shit this year. A lot of people are being more vocal and they're pushing and poking Candy to activate her. Normally, normally people, well, some people think Candy's a passive cast member, but this season she definitely is not. She's actively involved in this stuff. So that's been wow. So that's going on. Love and Marriage Huntsville on the OWN Network is taking off. They're filming season four right now, the, the B section of season four. They film their seasons in two sections on that show and they're filming season four B. They just had a physical altercation between Miss Wanda, Letitia's mother, Melody, Marceau, Martel, I believe some of Letitia's cousins. And the main Jesus. the main brawl was between Martel and Marceau. This just went down again. Shout I out saw to Jaylee's corner. Yeah. You saw Melody's live? Yeah, it was like a, I guess someone had recorded it, screen recorded Melody's live and she was in the car and then when she came out she was trying to stop a fight. I was like, what is happening? You heard her saying, I told you I fell off. Mm -hmm. I fell off. What? The show. Well, as you can see, girl, it might be time to hop back I on. Fell off. <laughs> <laughs> this getting good. It just was like it's just a lot of the same. You know, it's like Latasha. What's her name? Let's Not Latasha. What's her name? Latisha is mad at at Melody. Melody and then Melody's mad at her and then the new friend came in and then she turned on Destiny Melody. I'm up. like what? Is yes. Like, I don't know. They lost me. Well, <laughs> I want to watch the new season with the fight. We got to watch the fight. I'm watching the we fight. We got to watch the fight. I'm watching the fight. Speaking of I mean, watching I'm the fight. I'm curious. With, so watch Love and Marriage Huntsville. Watch Carlos King's talk show The Nightcap that he has on Saturdays after Love and Marriage Huntsville and Love and Marriage DC air, which side, side, sidebar. Love and Marriage DC, I did a deep dive on our Patreon uh, page. Go watch that so that you can get familiar with these characters. We only at episode five now this weekend. So it's still early enough for you to catch up. These stories are quickly developing and I am falling in love with these characters on Love and Marriage DC. Y'all got to watch this show. I'm telling you. 
there's a girl on, there's a lady on. If you, <laughs> let me just say this. Ashley. I'm just going to say this. Yes, and I'm just going to say this. There are some people who are naturally born to be cast yes. on an ensemble reality show like yes. that because they just have a way of communicating with other people and a way of sharing their thoughts that is entertaining. Yes. They are literally entertaining people. And you're lucky to find talent like that. People like Sheree Whitfield. People like, um, let me think who else. People like... Um, um, like hell, uh, this lady I'm talking about now, Ashley Silva, DJ Quicksilver's wife. She was born to be on reality television, and Carlos <laughs> King and them are lucky to have found her yeah. via the list right. of names that Monique turned in. So just watch that. Um, damn, it was some. It was another point I was about to make. I don't know. Was it about fuck, winter? It, no, it was no. Show. <laughs> Yeah, it was another show, but oh well. So watch all those things. Um, Housewives of Atlanta is filming. Love and Marriage DC. Love and Marriage Huntsville. Yeah, that's it. And oh, wait. Kings and Nightcap. Are you gonna mm-hmm. Are you gonna watch or are you interested in? Um... Oh, I know what I was gonna make, but go ahead. Oh, it, I was just gonna ask mm-hmm. about Dubai. I haven't watched yet. I'm absolutely going to watch. It's a multicultural cast, and I think there's like three black girls on there. Um, and I, from the clips that I've seen, they're they're doing exactly what they need to do. Do you see the talks of Sheree like real possibly coming? Opulence. Pop, no, that's not going to happen, though. She might do a guest appearance where she shows her face, but she's not going to, like, switch to Dubai from Atlanta. Well, <laughs> she's not. She said she was on Wendy Williams' show with Michael Rappaport that she mm-hmm. has a CMOS business out there. You're talking about Phaedra, not Sheree. Oh, yeah, I meant Phaedra. I don't know why I said Sheree. Excuse me. Oh, because why would I be talking about Phaedra usually? But Phaedra Parks on, um, would you, was Sheree going to be out there? Did you say a CMOS company? Yes, Phaedra Parks has a CMOS company out in Dubai. In Dubai. Wow. In Dubai, friend. Now, y'all know what her husband (laughs) went to jail for. (laughs) (laughs) Stop it. Birds of a feather gonna fly. You hear me? <laughs> Anytime you're doing business in Dubai and we really don't know what the fuck you're doing and you already are a proven liar. Like, come Stop on. It. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you sitting up there. She told the lie with a blind wig on. So you just lying, Wait, and lying, is, and lying, and lying, and lying. Is this new cast? Because I saw a clip and it was this like beautiful woman with like yes. a gown and she was saying how much of a bad bitch she is in like four languages. Yes. Is that That's from it. the Dubai That's cast? Dubai. <laughs> See that why we have to watch though. it. That was fly though. I yeah, Bravo's, it. they have, they finally have a franchise or they have another franchise that's going to like really grow its own legs and you're going to be endeared to them and their stories for different reasons than you would be other franchises. Like it's good when they can come out with stuff okay. that have their own like originals. Like it's not like they're trying to remake any sort of people or characters or magic. So, I'm interested to right. see how it's going to develop as well. Okay. Yeah. But what were you going to talk about? Me this week. I don't remember. Oh, there was just a line from the. So, in closing out our conversation with, on Jocelyn's cabaret <laughs> oh my in God. Vegas, there was a part that nobody's talking about on part two of that reunion that I. It's unforgettable. And it is literally, like Candy said, embedded in my motherfucking brain. <laughs> when Amber Ali, who I like. Oh, when she show, does the song. No, nope. okay. when she 
tells Jocelyn that she she tells Jocelyn that she's too old to be acting as <laughs> she acts. And Jocelyn has a reaction to that that I thought was hilarious. It, it obviously made her upset. So Amber goes, ooh, you mad? I struck a nerve. And Jocelyn literally jumps up and in this rhythm and cadence, she says, what, what, ho? You like ho? 35, ho? Yeah, look good, ho. 35, ho? Look good, ho? The way she says it like that. <laughs> what? She says, 35, ho. Look at, yeah, 35, ho. Look good, ho. 35, ho. Looking good, ho. The way she says it. <laughs> 35. What she's saying is, yeah, I'm 35 and looking good. And I look good, yeah. Yeah! 35, ho! Look good, ho! The way she says it, when I tell you, and I'm going to share that video clip. I'm going to find a way to get it on Twitter. That shit, y'all got to see it to believe it. And I'm going to make sure y'all can. And that note, I'm done here, friend. Take us home. On that note, we love you so much. Thank you for listening to us. And we will catch you guys next week. Stay black and protect your magic. See you next week, ho. 35, ho. <laughs> Talk still podcast, ho. <laughs> Bye. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.